I'm Brittany Owens, cheer coach at Fort Payne High School. This is Friday Night Football. Welcome to Wildcat Stadium. Fort Payne got out of the block slow to begin the 2021 football season, but over the last four games, this team has slowly but surely begun to find its identity. A defense that never quits coming after you, an offense that has found its rhythm with multiple weapons and a veteran offensive line. And on special teams, well, two words, Alex McPherson. This left-for-dead Fort Payne bunch has battled back from an 0-3 start to position itself to host a first-round playoff game. The next step in that challenge to take care of business in a homecoming game versus Pell City Panthers. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Brian Northcutt, and you're listening to Fort Payne Wildcat Football on WZOB 100.9 FM, 12.50 AM, and on Network1Sports.com. We're also live streaming on FPTV, so however you are joining us, we are glad that you're here. It's a homecoming night tonight in Fort Payne as Fort Payne battles Pell City. I'm joined in the booth right now. We'll be joined 
with another partner, but right now I'm joined with Dallas Poe. Dallas, welcome. Thank you. Thank Good you. to have Good you back. back again. I know. I'm ready. So we have got a lot of action tonight. This is a big step in Fort Payne's uh, vying for that number two spot. They've got two region games left this week versus Pell City, and next week they travel to Oxford, which is likely to, to be the showdown to, for that number two spot if everybody exactly. else takes care of business. So looking at the region and as we stand right now, ARAB is off this week. They lost in a heartbreaker last-second field goal to Oxford last week, so they're now 4-1 and one in the region, 6-2 and two overall. Fort Payne, as we mentioned, is 4-3. and three. We started 0-3, and, and now they're 4-3 and 3-1 three, and three and in the region, and they're hosting Pell City. Oxford is 3-4 and four. overall, 3-1 and one in the region. is the same region record as Fort Payne, and they're at Springville tonight. Southside is 5-3 and three overall and 3-2 and two in the region. They're hosting Scottsboro. Springville is 4-3, and 2-2 two uh, two two in the region. They're hosting Oxford tonight. Uh, and then, as we mentioned, Pell City is 1-6 overall and 0-4. Oh and so with that 1-6 record, it's a little bit deceptive because this is a very talented Pell City team. Don't take anything for granted. When you look them on the field, they're going to look toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody else in this region as far as athlete and position by position. Scottsboro rounding out the region. Uh, Scottsboro is also 1-6 with 0-4 oh record in the region and they're at Southside. Both Pell City and Scottsboro have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So we're going to go to break a little bit early tonight. We've got homecoming festivities. We've got a lot of things going on with homecoming tonight. We've got a little bit longer interview with Coach Elmore coming up after the break. So we're going to take a two-minute timeout. Two-minute timeout. We'll come back with an interview with Coach Elmore. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. Hey, I'm Webb Mason. I'm here with Coach Elmore. We're here tonight at the Fort Payne football stage. Folks, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in Fort Payne, Alabama. We're still over here by Walmart uh, doing a big sale, and I wanted to invite everybody to come down and let's check out the inventory. We've got some great inventory to choose from: cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. If you want it, we've got it. We've got a slingshot over there if anybody wants to come by and look at it. Um, we're going to be running all summer long from 8:30 uh, in the morning till probably six. 7 o'clock at night. It depends on how long it takes us to do it. But we want to invite everybody to come out here and see us. We're on Highway 35 over here by Walmart. Great inventory to choose from. We've got great finance. And listen, guys, we can't do it without you. We just want to tell you how much we appreciate you. Bobby Ledbetter is always uh, willing to say, get the best deal no matter what. Let's not let them leave without a car. So y'all come down here and see us. You can shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call at 256-844-2210. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969 with locations in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. We offer fast, friendly, and easy service along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. We understand that banking can be stressful and we want to give you the help that you need, just like family. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking, equal housing lender, member FDIC. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times-Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the 
the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. As we mentioned before the break, we had a chance to talk with Coach Elmore earlier, and here is that interview. Here's the interview we had with Coach Elmore earlier this week. For a bonfire for the seniors, and we're going to talk to Coach Elmore about the past three football games that we had. Um, the first game that we need to talk about is Etowah, Coach. Tell us a little bit about what you thought about the Etowah game and how we performed. Well, it was an exciting game. I think it was a, it was a good game for fans to watch. Uh, a, lot, a lot of exciting plays, and Etowah uh, uh, jumped on us quickly, 17 to nothing. And I, I think the biggest thing that I, I said a lot after that game, I was proud of our kids and our coaches for not uh, not panicking, not getting down on themselves, not getting down on each other, uh, and we continue to uh, continue to play. And that's that's easy to say before the game. Uh, it's easy to, to to preach that to kids is you got to play through adversity, but. Uh, until you get faced with it, you don't know how everybody's going to react. And I thought we, we reacted uh, as well as you could react uh, because, like I said, it was 17 to nothing early in the ball game, and uh, we made a few plays uh, offensively to get back in the game, blocked the punt on defense, uh, and it really turned into a really exciting game that came down to the final play. And uh, uh, we were able to hold on and win 33 to 27 uh, against a good Etowah team, a team that's got a lot of good players and a team that'll win a lot of games this year. So uh, we were very proud of, of the guys for, for finding a way to win that game. Uh, uh, like I said, against a quality opponent. Okay, so you come off of a great win against Etowah, and then you go into Scottsboro. What what went through your mind during practice that week, getting ready for Scottsboro? Well, I think the biggest challenge that, that Scottsboro gave us was just that they are um, unique on offense. They they run an offense that you just don't see a lot anymore. Uh, it's very similar to what uh, Army and Navy do on the college level, and um, it's hard to practice because we don't we don't do anything remotely similar to what they do. Uh, so we're trying to teach our kids, you know, how to how to run their offense so our defense can get prepared, and that, and that was difficult. Luckily, we did, we did have a bye week before. Uh, the Etowah game, so we used some of that bye week to go ahead and uh, you know preview Scottsboro a little bit just to give us a head start because we knew it would be so difficult. So when we got back to the to the Scottsboro week, our kids were already a little bit prepared. Uh, at least our kids that were, were showing the Scottsboro offense uh, knew what we were talking about, and we were able to get three pretty good days of preparation, uh, really four days of preparation for that game. Um, and I thought it showed. I thought our defense uh, played really well that night against, a, again, like I said, against a, a team that's that's hard to defend because you just don't see that uh, that offense, and you've got to be very disciplined in what you do, and uh, you can't get trying get caught trying to do somebody else's job. You've got to do your job, and uh, and that sometimes is difficult to do. But uh, I thought we had a good week of practice and uh, uh, played really well on defense that night. Okay, now the next week you played Southside, and uh, they're a pretty good team too. So tell us a little bit about uh, how how you thought about the game against Southside. Yeah. Um, Southside had beat Oxford earlier in, early in the year, and I, I think they might have been four and two, maybe five and two, coming in that game with us. Uh, so they had a, had a good record. Uh, we're three and one in the region, or maybe two and one in the region. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, uh, so it was a big game. It was a game we needed to win, um, uh, and they've got a good team. They they are the almost the complete opposite of Scottsboro. You know, we worked so hard on stopping the option attack with Scottsboro uh, that we had to kind of go a completely different route because Southside throws it uh, probably over half the time. So uh, completely different. You know, game plan and, and preparation that week, but uh, uh, it, it was another exciting game for the fans. I, I thought we uh, came out and played well early. 
Uh, did, didn't do great offensively the first two or three series, but played great on defense all night, really. Uh, and then Connor Cash had a big catch, and then another big catch for a touchdown that kind of got everything going offensively. Um, and then Marcus Lever had a big 60-yard catch later in that half that, that they got us down in scoring range, and we were able to score. And, um, and then, uh, you know, we're able to go into uh, halftime up 14 to nothing, uh, which we knew was still not enough. But we came out, and uh, Kobe King got an interception on the first play of the third quarter, which was big, and we were able to get a field goal from Alex uh, right there to make it 17 to nothing. And then uh, kind of traded possessions for a while, but we were able to go back down and score on the, to start the fourth quarter to go up 24 to nothing. Uh, and at that point, I felt like, you know, really, I was really proud of our team for how we had dominated the game because we had shut them down on, on defense. and. And really, counting the Scottsboro game, our defense had gone seven quarters then without giving up a touch or giving up a point, really. Uh, so very proud of them. And then we let some things happen in the fourth quarter. This that's part of football. Sometimes when you get up 24 to nothing, um, the other team's liable to make a big play, and they did. They made two big plays and uh, got two two-point conversions, and all of a sudden the game got really close there at the end. Uh, and we had to had to make some plays on defense to to hold them there at the end to to, to preserve the win. So um, you know, I felt like it got a little closer than the game probably really was. But, you know, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes you need, uh, you, you need close ball games. Sometimes you need to be able to try to find a way to win the last four minutes. And uh, so in a lot of ways, it probably was good for us that that game ended up uh, that way. But it was, uh, uh, I thought, a really, really uh, overall team win, great team win. And, you know, the, uh, to me, still one of the most exciting plays of the night was, was Alex's uh, – 70-yard field goal attempt, and, and I think, you know, and I still think back to the time when I, I said kick it, and I, I'm sure everybody in the stadium thought I was crazy, and and looking back on it, maybe I was a little crazy, but I just watched him the day before in practice kick one from 67, so in my mind, I thought, well, you know, three yards is, is doable, and uh, and he almost did it. It was amazing to watch. Uh, you know, it was just probably a couple of yards short. Uh, it probably would have been good from 67, and uh, uh, but what, what a neat moment that was, and uh could have set the all-time record in, in any level of football for a, for a field goal uh, if he'd have made that. So we hope he gets some more opportunities like that here late in the year because I know he, he really would like uh, another shot at one of those 60-plus yarders. But uh, uh, it was uh, it was a great win and, and a chance for us to, to go to 3-1 and one in the region uh, and, more importantly, kind of take the lead over Southside in the, in the region standings. And now we're we're set up with two games to go with, with everything in front of us and a chance to, uh, to possibly finish second in the region and, and host a playoff game, which is, which is a great accomplishment for our group considering we were 0-3, you know, five weeks ago. Okay, Coach Elmore, I, w I want to know about the players of the week. I know it's been three weeks, but can you go back and tell us the player of the weeks for the Etowah game? Yeah, so in the Etowah game, uh, Bennett Blanks was our defensive player of the week, and Bennett blocked a punt. Um, uh, also scored a touchdown in our short yardage offense, uh, but really why he he earned that in our mind is, is they had a, a pretty big play uh, in the middle of that game where he missed a tackle at the front end of the play, uh, and, not, and this is something most people wouldn't see, but he missed a tackle at the line of scrimmage. Uh, two or three other guys missed the tackle. Bennett ended up running the guy down about 50 yards down the field and saving a touchdown, and, and they ended up not getting a field goal of that. It ended up being a, a difference in seven points, which was the difference in the game. Uh, and we gave that's one of the main reasons we gave him that, not only the block punt and the touchdown he scored on offense, but if he just uh, you know lays on the ground or gets frustrated because he missed a the tackle, their player would have scored, but he didn't. He got up and did what we asked him to do, which is play, play, you know, play the whistle and play hard and run to the ball, and uh, he chased the guy down from uh, after he'd missed the tackle. And I thought it was just a great play in the game, and um, he was very deserving of getting player of the week for, for that play alone. Uh, Jake Barnes was the offensive player of the week that week, and I thought Jake had a great game. He threw three touchdowns, um, you know, made some big throws when he 
had to. Uh, if, if we don't make some of that, basically Etowah was, was daring us to throw that night and, uh, and I think putting a lot of uh, pressure on Jake saying, you know, they basically went in the game saying that Jake Barnes is going to have to beat us, and, and Jake did. He made a lot of great throws that night, made three big uh, touchdown throws, uh, one to Marcus, one to Sawyer, and one to uh, – uh, Connor Cash, and, and that was, again, probably a big part of the reason why we won. So that was the, the players of the week that week. Um, the Scottsboro game, uh, Sawyer Burt was the offensive player of the week, and one of the reasons he, he didn't have necessarily a lot of catches that night. He did have a big touchdown catch early in the game on a third down that Jake threw to him. But one of the bigger reasons he got uh, player of the week was was his blocking. He did a, such a great job blocking that night. Uh, was was by far his best blocking performance of the year. Uh, blocking on the perimeter, blocking inside, uh, all the things that we ask him to do, which is a challenge. And he just did a, he did an outstanding job all night uh, of being able to do that for us. Um, and then the defensive player of the week was was Will Green. And you know Will could almost be the player of the week every week. He he does a, such a good job for us running our defense and running the ball and making plays. And uh, uh, and he did that that night. Made a lot of tackles. Uh, you know, uh, I think forced a, turn, forced a fumble at one point uh, and just was, was solid for us all the way around. Um, this past week against Southside, the defensive player of the week was Heisman Brown. You know, Heisman's one, he's never going to have a lot of stats. He's never going to have a lot of tackles or, 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 or sacks or things like that. But he, what he provides for us is just – consistency across that defensive line. He may, he does his job every play. He helps get other guys lined up. He helps make sure we're in the right call. Uh, his three years of experience is invaluable to us over there. He did make a lot of plays for us. Had a couple of uh, big plays. Had some pressures on the quarterback. Uh, but he, he earned it really more for just his overall presence uh, and what he brings as far as leadership to our team on, on, on defense. And then Connor Cash was our offensive player of the week versus Southside. And uh, anybody that was at the game could, could, could probably have seen that. He had three big catches uh, over over 88 yards, I think, and one touchdown to, that, I, like I said earlier, uh, you know, obviously kind of started the scoring for us. But, uh, you know, all three catches were big plays in the ball game, and, uh, you know, what we call explosive plays. Anytime you get over 15 yards is an explosive play, and uh, and you need explosive plays. If you, you can't, you, it's hard to score a lot of points if you just get four or five, six yards at a time. And uh, he made three big explosive plays for us that were, were a big factor in the game. Now, even though you won these three games, I did see watching the game a lot of adversity that the team might have faced and maybe you as a coach. Tell us a little bit about how the team or how you make the team and how you keep your composure during the game. Well, I mean, it is, it's a challenge. And, you know, there was a lot of things that went on in the Etowah game, uh, you know, from some, from, you know, in every game you, you play, you're going to, I think everybody wants to, to criticize officials. And uh, and that's the easy thing to do sometimes. And if they're going to make some good calls, they're going to make some bad calls. And, and that's just part of football. And that's part of any sports, really. And, uh, you know, you go to a basketball game or a baseball game, you see the same thing. So uh, we, we try to remind uh, ourselves, remind, I try to remind myself, which is difficult sometimes, that when that stuff happens, uh, when whether you agree with it or not, uh, it's the call, and you've got to move on. And uh, you know, but I'm always going to be a guy that's probably going to, if, if there's something I can question and something I can think that we might could get changed, then I'm going to question it. But I also understand and respect the fact that uh, those guys are going to do their job and they're going to make the call, and I've got to live with a decision. And uh, sometimes it's good for us, and sometimes it's not. But that's just part of it, and that's that's something we try to continue to, you know, you know, drill into our players is that you've got to control what you can control, and you can't control. Uh, how the ball bounces, or, or maybe what uh, what the uh, official makes on that particular play, or whatever it is. And uh, so, uh, I thought we did a really good job that night. Of, of, of you're going to get emotional, and you're going to get upset, 
but we also did a good job of going to the next play. And, uh, you know, that also was a tough game. There was a lot of, you know, stuff going on after the play, some extracurricular stuff between between them and us. And, it, and it's tough sometimes. You you know, sometimes you get kind of um, uh, sort, sort of baited into to reacting or pushing the guy after the play. And, uh, unfortunately, that, that's, that's part of the game. It happens. But we try to remind them at all times that, you know, they're always going to see that guy that does it second. And so when you react to what another player does to you, you're going to be the one that gets the penalty. And, and, and we're still learning on that every day, and we still make mistakes. But, uh, you know, like I tell all those guys uh, that have, have those issues sometimes or get penalties like that, I don't ever want to take the emotion out of the game for them. I love that they play with passion. I love that they care. I love that they play uh, with, with a lot of heart. But we've got to know when to not cross the line and when to be smart about our decisions. And uh, and, and I think we're trying to learn that on a daily basis. And, and same thing happened with the, with the Southside game. There were some things that went our way and some things that didn't. And, you know, it's natural to get upset and get emotional about it. Uh, but what we all have got to continue to learn is that once it's made, once the decision's made, or once the uh, the uh, whatever happens happens, there's nothing else we can do about it at that point. And, and we can we can be mad about it, we can be upset about it, we can we can complain about it. But at the end of the day, we got to move on. And, and and we try to we try to keep that in, in the front of our mind and, and make sure everybody understands that uh, you know nothing wrong with being upset, nothing wrong with with uh, you know being emotional. But we've also got to move on to the next play uh, because if we think about the last play, good or bad, then we're not going to perform well in the next play. Thank you, Coach. All right. We want to thank Coach Elmore for that time to speak with us. We're going to take a 90-second timeout. We're going to set up the game when we get back. 90-second break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. Drop by Vintage 1889 Cafe right here in Fort Payne, Alabama. Located in the Big Mill Antiquity. Open 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Wednesday and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Thursday through Saturday. So come on down and enjoy. We have everything from salads to pizza. Enjoy an evening with the entire family at Vintage 1889 Cafe. Hey folks, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in Fort Payne, Alabama. We're still over here by Walmart uh, doing a big sale, and I wanted to invite everybody to come down and let's check out the inventory. We've got some great inventory to choose from, cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. If you want it, we've got it. We've got a slingshot over there if anybody wants to come by and look at it. Um, we're going to be running all summer long from uh, 8.30 in the morning till probably six, seven o'clock at night. It depends on how long it takes us to do it. But we want to invite everybody to come out here and see us. We're on Highway 35 over here by Walmart. Great inventory to choose from. We've got great finance. And listen, guys, we can't do it without you. We just want to tell you how much we appreciate you. Bobby Ledbetter is always uh, willing to say, get the best deal no matter what. Let's not let them leave without a car. So y'all come down here and see us. You can shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call at 256-844-2210. Fort Payne Band is playing the national anthem right now. We'll pause for a few seconds.
All right, there's our national anthem. This is from, from, uh, from our band. We're getting ready to go now. Fort Payne stands filling up. Uh, Pell City stands slowly filling up just a little bit. I see most of my children are behaving down there. Uh, Britt, did you bring binoculars tonight? We've been talking about it all season. You got yours? I was hoping you had yours. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we don't have those. Don't have binoculars. Cheerleaders got the victory line set up. Students out there ready for that. We are ready to go. Let's go to our start, starting lineups. Uh, Dallas, I may have to interrupt you for coin toss, but let's get it started. That'll be good. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Pell City's defensive starters. Uh, number one, outside linebacker Brian Kelly. Uh, number five, Carlos Herring, uh, outside linebacker. Playing free safety, number nine, Jaden Coleman. Uh, inside linebacker, number 11, Andrew Sisson. Uh, your two cornerbacks tonight are going to be number 12, Caleb Gross, and number 14, Colin Smith. Uh, on your other side, on the outside linebacker, number 22, Hunter Otwell. Uh, nose tackle, number 37, A.J. Wells. Uh, inside linebacker, number 37, Isa Bosi. Defensive line, Johnson Dunaville. And uh, on your defensive end, you got number 64, Matthew Swain. Uh, for the offense tonight on uh, Pell City's side, Quarterback, number three, Baylor Smith. Running back, number six, Dante Reese. Um, running back also, number 24, Quentin Hicks. Uh, receiver, number 12, Caleb Gross. Uh, wide receiver, number two, Cantrell Borden. Wide receiver, number 10, Marquise Bedford. Another wide receiver, number 14, Colin Smith. And on your offensive line, you're going to have number 75, Caden Alderidge. Center, 56, Byron Moon. And your two tackles are going to be number 51, Riley Surris, and number 76, Dedrick Scott. And that will be your lineup for the Pell City tonight. All right. You get them both? You don't have a four-pain one? Um, well, if y'all don't know four-pain's lineup by week seven, that's right. then y'all just go Google it. If you guys are in Fort Payne, y'all hop in your car and come on down here and support these Wildcats. Turn off the FPTV, although we want to support them. Put WZOB on your radio in your car and drive on down here. Fill up this stadium and let's get this party rocking. We've got five minutes and 25 seconds left uh, in the pregame. Everything's set up. Uh, Ruby Gonzalez is the 2021 homecoming queen. They introduced all the homecoming court. I think FPTV may do a little bit more coverage of that at our halftime break. So um, after we left last week, guys, um, and we talked about this before we came on the air, Fort Payne really dominated, and I'm not talking about a little bit, against Southside last week. They really controlled both lines of scrimmage for a little over three quarters into the fourth quarter. And then Southside made that just monstrous comeback towards the end. Uh, it seems as though Fort Payne is really gaining some traction, and, and hopefully that will show up tonight uh, against Pell City. But any thoughts as we set the stage for tonight? That's a really good point. You know, we talked about the Athens game, kicking off Athens game, such a big game and, and, and not necessarily a letdown, but we led that entire game. Yeah. These kids have been through several losses. They've had momentum and then they've lost it. I feel like they've gained that momentum now. They've gotten comfortable offensively and defensively, and they've got that confidence, and I think that's changed this team in the last several weeks. I agree. Dallas, any thoughts? I mean, adversity, you know, going 0-3, that, that's easy to put your head down for the rest of the season. And, you know, uh, but this team's turned around, and, you know, we're on a roll right now. And 
I think we're going to continue that and, you know, hopefully host a playoff game here and be second place in the region and see where it takes us. So. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. All right, captains heading to the middle of the field for Fort Payne. Captains number one, Daryl Prater, number four, Alex McPherson, number three, Ricky Adame, and number 94, Heisman Brown. Uh, captains for Pell City, two captains, number two, which is Damian uh, – hang on just a second. Uh, Kentrell Borden, and number 11, Andrew Sisson. So here's the coin toss. Let's see if we can make out what's going on down there. We may be able to take that live with FPTV. Official, the White Hats introducing uh, both captains to each other. Going to toss the coin. It's good to be back home for another home game. Only one more regular season home game against North Jackson, non-region week 10. Looks as though Pell City has won the toss and deferred. Yep, Pell City wins the toss. And they have elected to receive. So, Pell City is going to receive the kick, opening kickoff. They will defend the concession stand end zone, which is to our left. Fort Payne will defend the Lookout Mountain end zone, which is to our right, scoreboard end zone. Uh, coin toss is ready. Officials are meeting at the middle of the field. Captains are returning to their respective teams. And uh, music's blaring, and we are ready to rock and roll, guys. So, we'll get this, this party started here in just a few minutes. Got about three minutes to kick off. And... Uh, as we mentioned, Pell City has already been eliminated from the playoffs. They're one and six and zero and four in the region, but they don't. You never, you never count a team. team, huh? Seems like a, you know, they've had several close games at that one and yeah. six. I don't. They, think. they only lost on a last-second field goal to Springville last week, 24-21, and they played. Other than their game against the Oxford, they played competitively uh, every week with everybody they played against. So, both teams entering the field, Fort Payne in its black jerseys. Gold pants, black helmet with uh, gold and white stripes. Pale City in uh, white tops with gold numbers. Black pants, white helmet with black and gold stripes. So here we go. We're ready to kick this bad boy off. Week seven of the high school football season. Still a little bit warm. I'd like to little get a little chill in the air, but it's, it's okay. It's not too terribly bad. Homecoming 2021. Alex McPherson at the 40-yard line to kick. Coach Elmore told me that the Kentrell board number two for uh, Pell City might be the best overall football player in the region, just a, just a pure athlete. So we're going to have to keep an eye. They said he, uh, and I watched a, a little bit of the Springville game from last week. He did have a lot of uh, wildcat runs, wildcat offense, where he was in the backfield by himself. Quarterback, starting quarterback was out. And he ran. So McPherson's uh, apparently took the wrong football out there, waiting for the kicker football. And nobody seems to know where it is. I know how them kickers are, in particular about which ball they're going to kick. That's right. <laughs> waiting, waiting, waiting. Is that it? Maybe we're going to get it. Yep. Coach Stanley gets the, finds the football, the magic football, throws it out to Alex, and we're about ready to kick this one off. 
Hell City's got does have a lot of size. We talked about that earlier when they were coming in yes. to the stadium. There's a lot, lot of size there. Definitely don't want to go to sleep on their record just because yep. they have a bad record. Gold numbers against the white jersey is not really good for picking up who's who's that doing. I'm going to do the best I can to figure out who these people are, but that's a – here we go. McPherson to kick. It's high and deep, and that's going to go in the back of the end zone. Through the uprights, Pell City will start at their 20-yard line. So here we go. Four pain defense comes out. <clears throat> Daryl Prater in the game. That's good to see. Pell City is led by number three at quarterback Baylor Smith. He's a 12th grader. You're going to have backs to both sides of him. We've got a twin set below. Single receiver on the top side, first and ten. Here we go. Let's see what this defense can do. Smith takes the snap. He looks to this right side, throws short, complete, but only for about a one-yard gain. To Borden. Will Green on the tackle. And there. mean Will Green on the tackle. I think I saw last week he got a player of the week or something there. He, He's had a great year. This yeah, year. he has. Had a, had a pick last week right on the sideline. Nice catch. Second and eight, Pell City at their own 22-yard line. Twins receivers top side, twins receivers bottom side. Smith takes a snap, drops back, looks for a little wide receiver screen to board. Now he's going to try to get to the other side of the field, and he's making some people miss, picks up more yards than he should have. Play was set up to be on this near side. The blocking was set up here, but – Fort Payne was in such pursuit, he tried to run back to the other side of the field and picked up a few yards. Just from that play right there, you can kind of tell where he did talk about that athleticism there. Yeah. He can turn nothing into something. Third and six, Pell City. Opening drive. Here we go. Smith takes a snap. He's running option left. Pitches. Running back's going to pick up the first down just barely, and there is a flag on the play on that near side, hopefully that, on that far side. That looks like maybe it's a holding. That would be nice. I, that, that is holding. Holding against Pell City, it's going to push them back. So option, I, I, I've watched a little bit of Pell City. I don't remember them running option much. Hey, Scott. A little break there. Yep. So now it's third down and 12. Fort Payne does catch a break. Pell City's got trips receivers on the top side, single receiver on this near side. One running back to Smith's right. See what Fort Payne decides to do. They're just going to drop six. Prater gets pressure on him, and he sacks him. Daryl Prater sacks Smith at the 13-yard line. It'll be fourth down, Pell City. Daryl looks pretty healthy, I'll say that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, Coach Elmore wasn't sure how much Daryl could play tonight because he's still struggling a little bit with that high ankle sprain, but he didn't look didn't bother him there, did it? No, he, he had a little swim move there, and he was in the backfield right off the start. Four Payne there. chose not to bring pressure there, just rush four, which if you can bring – you can get pressure with just four, that's good. Brandon Oliver back at midfield to receive the punt from Jake Blackstone. There's the snap. Almost get somebody there. It's a little short kick. Oliver comes up, he hits the ball. Did Fort Payne fall on it? Boy, Brandon, got to be careful there. I think Heisman might have fell I on think that. Fort Payne does get it. It's going to be on their own 40-yard line. Fort Payne does recover. They'll be in Pell City territory to start this game. Let me tell you about a new sponsor that we have tonight. 
Catherine's Gallery Custom Framing LLC. Your Pete the Cat headquarters is the perfect place to find or create something special for Christmas this year. Amy can help you personalize your gifts with her laser engraver. Everything from ornaments to cutting boards. And for your kids, there's Melissa and Doug and Pete the Cat, located in historic downtown Fort Payne. You're hearing this live on FPTV. That's Catherine's Gallery and Custom Framing LLC, downtown Fort Payne. Here we go. Fort Payne's got great field position to start this drive. They're going to go twins receivers top side, twins receivers near side. Jake Barnes in shotgun, and he's got Alex Akins to his left. Takes the snap. Throws this left side. Hits Connor Cash in the flats. Connor gets up to the 30. He's going to be really – he does pick up another first down, 10-yard gain on the first down play to Connor Cash. Heard lots of comments on the straight cash, homie. Oh, yeah, the cash. uh, Connor's had some really good games back-to-back, and you can tell Coach Elmore's probably going to be going to him more and more. I I expect to see him more isolated, which we're seeing him at single season. Yeah, he's a solid – he's a solid receiver. Barnes under center now. Aiken's behind him. Four Payne's going to shift. Move Laney to the right side now. And sorry, your Burt slides down to tackle spot. They give it to Aiken's right side. He's looking for the corner. He picks up, well, he picks up five, six, eight yards on first down. That's a nice carry by Alex Aikens. So I wonder what, uh, don't know what's going on with Dubose. Maybe they're still trying to just sprinkle him in right now at this point, which is fine. They've slowly given him more carries. Gave him more carries last week against Southside than they did in previous weeks. It's going to be second down and three, Fort Payne at the Pell City 20-yard line. Aikens in a pistol behind. It's second and three. Barnes takes the snap, hands to Aikens left side. Not much running room, but he picks up a few yards. It's going to be third down and very short. I don't think he got – oh, he's close. That's close. What's up, Rome? RC in a moon pie. How you doing, brother? Breaking radio rules by talking to uh, friends as they walk by the <laughs> window. I'm sorry. I cut my cut my pay. If you don't say that, they never know. I know. <laughs> It is third down and one, Fort Payne. Now Dubose is in the game. In pistol formation behind Barnes. There's the snap. Adame in motion. Fakes the speed sweep. Dubose up the middle. He's going to get the first down and a little bit more. He's down to about the 10-yard line. First and 10, Fort Payne from about the 11. You know, talking about uh, Dubose last week, getting just enough carries to kind of get himself back into, you know, working action. And that's what, like you said, Coach Elmer was concerned with. Yeah. Wanting to be careful. He was one tackle away there from yeah, six. One. He really was. Just yeah. late in the season, him with the game in three quarters in, you'd never dream, but uh, glad to see him back. Yeah. So Sawyer Burden to tie it in on this near side. Trips receivers tar- top side. Barnes takes the snap. He hands to Dubose. Runs up the middle. Cuts back. He's got some running room. And he is, is he in the zone? Yes, touchdown, Caden Dubose. Fort Payne leads six to nothing. Seven minutes, 53 seconds left in the first quarter. He cut back to the right there and made that look pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice cutback. Found his lane and cut back. You know, even Caden, even as a ninth grader last year, showed a a ton of patience to be that young. A lot of times, even with a sophomore, you don't see that patience. He really reads the blocks well. and He uh, definitely let that one unfold. Yeah, it's really difficult when you're a running back to – to see all that mess going on in front of you and then wait on it to let the blocks clear. And he did a nice job on that cutback. Six to nothing, Fort Payne, first quarter against Pell City. Alex McPherson on to attempt the point after. Farnador to hold. Sawyer Burt to snap. There's a snap, holding kick. It's away, and it is good. 
So 7.53 left in the first quarter. Fort Payne takes the early lead 7 to nothing. We're going to take a 30-second uh, break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969 with locations in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. We offer fast, friendly, and easy service along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. We understand that banking can be stressful and we want to give you the help that you need, just like family. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking, equal housing lender, member FDIC. All right, we're back. Four Payne takes the early lead, seven to nothing against Pale City. Good start so far for the Wildcats. McPherson to kick. There's the kick. It's high, a little higher this this time, but it's still in the end zone. Pale City will start at the 20-yard line. That uh, offensive and defensive series right there is good to see. I know a lot of times coaches are a little worried with homecoming games, a lot going on, kind of can get a little distracted with things going on, but Fort Payne seems to be right on yeah. schedule, picking up where they left off last, last week. Kind of reminds of the Scottsboro, kind of uh, you've a little bit, weaker opponent and you jump out on them you do what you're supposed to do, handle your business so that's right poor paint stops them three and out fields a punt inside their territory and takes it right down the field so smith in shotgun formation he's got twin receivers top side twin receivers near side throwing a little screen out to the running back out of the backfield fort paint covers it up tackle on the play by is that akins that was alex akins man he's running on offense tackling on defense Heck, if you need a sectional or a sofa, just go up there to Aiken's Furniture. He'll sell you that, too. <laughs> Does all everything. All over the place. <laughs> Second and ten, Pell City. You got trips receivers on this near side, single receiver top side. Changing the play at the line of scrimmage. I, I can't see the numbers. I have no idea where Borden is. Is that him in the backfield or, or the single receiver top side? I think he may be top side there. There's a snap. Smith looks at the right side. Throws in the flats to seven. Is that seven? No, that's Borden. That's two. And them gold numbers on a white yeah, jersey is really hard to see. Those, yeah. Yeah. those are tough. We've, ha we've had those yeah. here, and they're tough. It's hard to see those numbers. So now it's going to be third down and seven, Fort Payne. I mean, Pell City. At their own 23-and-a-half-yard line. We've got two twins down here, single up top. We've got two backs in the backfield besides Smith on either side. Takes the snap. He drops back. He's looking down the middle of the field. He's got a receiver open. There's Borden. He catches it. That's going to be first down yardage. Breaks a tackle. Breaks another tackle. Trying to break another tackle. Boy, he's tough. He gets all the way out to midfield. It's going to be first down, Pell City. I'll tell you, the quarterback took a shot right there. I'm yeah. surprised he even got that ball off. Who hit him? Was that Daryl? about three people. Three people. <laughs> Daryl was one of them, yeah. He's struggling now. He's he's going down to a knee. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to come out and take a look at him. Uh, Hate to see that. The defensive line was uh, putting a lot of pressure on him right there. I don't know if you all saw that right there. I, I missed. I was watching the patterns out in the in – the, in the secondary, and Borden was open, caught the ball, and broke a couple tackles. You really can see why he's so special there. It's going to be officials' timeout. You know, Borden just doing a really good job of finding open space. He, his route really was cut off short, but 
finding the open spaces, there's a talent to that too, and then able to finish uh, the way he does. Yeah. Very athletic. Whew. It was it was broken, broke two or three tackles, so you're going to have to get a lot of defenders around him to bring him down. So now coming in is going to be is that I think Borden is probably going to go, no? Yeah, that, no, Borden's down here. That's 12. Who is that, Dallas? Caleb Gross. Caleb Gross now in at quarterback. Was one of the rod receivers. Takes a snap. Looked left side but had to drop, come back this side. No, he dropped that. That's incomplete pass. Was looking left side maybe for a wide receiver screen. It was covered, so he came back to a little relief valve over here, a little uh, down. That's you. What's that called? Safety valve. There you go. Right now, Fort Payne's defensive line is wearing them out from the five or six plays that we've seen. Prater in the middle really yeah. causing some disruption. It's nice to see when you can bring pressure without having to bring extra extra right. men, linebackers, and all that. So now it looks like uh, Pell City is going to take a timeout. Let's take it with them. It's 6-11 left in the first quarter. Let's take a 30-second break. This is for Payne Wildcat football. Here at Donahue Chevrolet, we have all the cars you need. Our local staff is always here to assist your needs. Our 2021 vehicles are in stock and we have options for the whole family. We are located at 1000 Greenhill Boulevard, Northwest in Fort Payne. Donahue Chevrolet is a proud supporter of the Fort Payne Wildcats. All right, we're back. Pell City coming out of a timeout there at midfield, second down and ten. We got Smith back in. Yeah. Yes, he is. Smith, it re-enters the game. Looks like he may have just got the wind knocked at him. Second down and ten, drops back, looks left side, throws a little wide receiver screen. Picks up close to another first down. He may have gotten it. I think he, by the way they're marking, it looks like another first down, Pell City. They do have some shifty receivers. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think it's only Borden, but they got another yeah. one or two that's yeah. not far behind him. Really can't tell what number that is. First and ten, Pell City at the Fort Payne 40-yard line. Smith takes the snap, gives to the running back up the middle, gains about two yards. Tackle by Hayden Presley. Is that right? Yep, Hayden Presley on the tackle. He's done well. Schuyler, uh, Silas Holmer's done well. Skylar Hillier's done well. Heisman Brown's done well. Smith drops back, throws another wide receiver screen. It's dropped this time. That's 29. I need to remember who that is. Of course, he's not on the starting lineup, unless that's 24. I really do need some Could binoculars. Quentin Hicks there. I said 24. I'm not sure. Okay. That would make sense, more than 29. Quentin Hicks on the – on the reception, he's the one who got the first down a couple plays before. Third down and eight, Pell City at the Fort Payne 38-yard line. 5.36 left in the first quarter, 7 to nothing, Fort Payne. They come out and trips receivers to this near side, single receiver top side. That single receiver on the top side made a great play against Springville last week. He's a good ball player too. Smith takes the snap, drops back. He's looking to that single receiver side, runs a little hitch pattern, breaks a tackle, breaks another tackle. He picks up about 15 yards, and he's got a first down. That's Colin Smith, number 14. He called a long pass to set up the game-winning field goal. Um, no, excuse me. He, gave, he, he, 
they lost last week. They didn't set up the game-winning field goal, but he caught one deep. He's a good ball player. Smith takes a snap, fakes a handoff, throws again to 14 on that far side, picks up about five yards. It'll be second and five. They've got some good receivers. Yeah, they got and they've gone, I think they've gone to all four of the receivers so far in the, just in this game, which yeah. uh, means a lot offensively. the ball around. Second down and six, Pell City at the Fort Payne 19-yard line. Moving a good, good bit on this series. Takes the snap. Smith drops back. He's looking to this right side, going down the middle of the field, and there's going to be a flag on the play. Tried to get it to Borden. Kobe King had a little bit handsy on that one. It's going to be a penalty against Fort Payne. He's right, right outside Blank's hands there. and then Yeah. Kobe might have got a little jersey or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, they're going to have to. I think Fort Payne looks early on like Fort Payne's plan is to try to get pressure with four and put everybody else in coverage and see if they can uh, pressure with those interior four linemen and then just hold on on that secondary because they do have some athletes on this on this team. It's first and ten, Pell City at the Fort Payne 10-yard line, just outside the 10-yard line. Number 12 in motion across the formation to the top side. Smith throwing a fade to this near side to Borden, and there it is, touchdown, Pell City. Got a flag, I think. Yeah, I, I thought that that running back was in motion. Nope, roughing the passer. Roughing the passer against Fort Payne. So they ran a, a jet sweep motion with the wide out, and then that isolated Borden on Hayden Harrell, and, and it was just a nice fade pattern. That, that was a, a great play by Pell City. Kind of got everybody's eyes going towards the left side of the field, and then he yeah. slipped out to the right there and just kind of you know, had a step or two on Will. You know, there. again, based on that on that particular drive, the Fort Payne secondary is going to have to be clocked in all night. I yeah. mean, and we said it. We got four down linemen rushing, and we're trying to keep everybody else back. But those four receivers are giving us all that we want. Yeah. 4.49 left in the first quarter. Uh, Sailor Richard, the kicker for Pell City to attempt the extra point. It's up, and it is good. So with 4.49 left in the first quarter, Pell City ties it up 7-7. Seven to seven. Let's take a 30-second break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969 with locations in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. We offer fast, friendly, and easy service, along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. We understand that banking can be stressful, and we want to give you the help that you need, just like family. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking, equal housing lender, member FDIC. We are back. Sky, I mean, uh, Pell City just tied up Fort Payne, 7-7 seven to seven in the first quarter. Like we were just talking about there, we're going to have to rely on our cornerbacks and safeties a lot in this game. Yeah, it's going to be – this is going to be a challenge. They don't, I mean, they don't just have one athlete. It seems like all four of them that split out yeah. are pretty shifty and athletic. And uh, Give credit to the defensive line, though. They're getting some pressure, but I mean, yeah. he's getting the ball off in, you know, one to two seconds every play. Uh, yeah, just little quick passes and yeah, our, it, it may be just a score fest. Who knows? I, I, you have to imagine that that Coach Varnador and Coach Prater are going to have some ideas on hey, well, this is what we started with. 
Can we maintain, can we keep pressure with Ford? Do we need to bring some extra help, try to get in his face and disrupt things, get behind, especially on first down, trying to get him behind the sticks a little bit and put him on second, third long. But it seems like it really doesn't matter what down it is. They are capable of picking up 10, 15 yards a clip. Well, then if you're on the Pale City side, you know, you, there are two, two things. They've played quality opponents all season. Yeah. They've, they've seen the teams that we've seen. And also they're one and six. They have nothing to really prove. There's, there's no pressure on them. They have plenty of athletes. So uh, that makes them dangerous, you know, this time, this time of the season. Yeah. All right. Connor Cash in deep formation for Fort Payne. And to hit – no, that's Skylar Cody. Skylar, yep. yep. And Connor Cash, Cash is the top side and Ricky Adame on this bottom side. So let's see if uh, Fort Payne can do something on this kickoff. Pell City kicking off. Jake Blackstone to kick. Hits a little pooch kick to the left side. It drops. Boy, it drops right there on the field. Connor Cash does a great job just to come up and cover it. Fort Payne will start it there on 26-yard line. Kind of landed in no man's yeah. land. and Ledford wasn't sure if he needed to pick up a block somebody yeah. or let Cash get it. Or. Rule of thumb on those is you don't ever go back to catch. The back guy's got to come up, but I think that may have been better for Ledford to come back and catch that one. I think he was closer at the start. He definitely was closer, but I think he, he was probably using the rule that you don't drop back to catch one. So here we go, Fort Payne, uh, Dubose in the game. Jake Barnes in shotgun. Takes a snap, hands it up to Dubose up the middle. Got some running room. Picks up seven or eight yards on first down. Nice run. Well, if you can do that, you can do a heavy dose of heavy dose of Caden Dubose, then uh, you do pretty good. Second and short, Fort Payne's going to go in a little bit of a hurry up here. Takes a snap, gives to Dubose again this left side. He's trying to get to the edge. He does get to the edge. He's got a first down. Picks up maybe 10, 15 yards on first down. He's up near midfield. Wow. Tell you, we're, we're running it well with Dubose right now. And if you notice, Connor Cash is down here one-on-one -on -one coverage. And I hope oh, we yeah, take advantage yeah. of that here. In so that's, and that's Borden, too. They've, they've put their best athlete on Connor Cash here at, at, at the cornerback position. Four Payne's going in a little bit of a hurry up here. First and ten. Barnes takes a snap. Throws over here to uh, Connor Cash. He's going to get close to another first down. I think he, I think he got that. So targeting Cash early in this game, I think he picked up another first down. And that is a first down. Just inside the 42, four pain moving at pretty good clips. Barnes takes the snap, throwing, fakes a wide receiver screen. He's going to go up top to Adame, and uh, Pell City didn't bite. Tried to do, we call you, we used to call that a smoke screen where you fake a little wide receiver screen to Marcus Ledford, hoping that the guys covering up those receivers break for it, and then it leaves them wide open, but they didn't bite on that one. A little bit in that series, too, with us popping those first downs. We were, we were running a pretty quick offense right there. We, we've slowed down now back yeah. to calling the plays from the sideline, but Coach Elmore really putting some plays out there quick on the last couple of plays. Mm -hmm. Alex Aikens back in at running back. To Barnes' left. Barnes takes the snap, hands to Aikens, running right side. Trying to find some running room. Not much there. He's going to pick up maybe a yard. It's going to be third and long. Third and long, Fort Payne at the Pell City 41-yard line. 336, 335, clock running in the first quarter. Tied 7-7. Seven to seven. Let's see what Coach Elmore dials up on a third and long. 
He's got trips receivers to this near side. Adame is a single receiver top side. Aikens to Barnes left. It's third and nine. Barnes takes the snap. He's looking to this left side. And the bat pass is batted away. Incomplete. It'll be fourth down Fort Payne. Mm. Look like Ledford, Ledford went about 10 or 12 and just kind of sat down, and that would have been – he was wide open. Yeah. Uh, that was a tall defensive yeah, end. Yeah, I think that yeah, was big o- lineman. Otwell there, 6'3 right there. Yeah, yeah he, he yeah. was pretty tall. Yeah. So, uh, they're going to give Alex McPherson an attempt at a field goal here. This is going to be officially a 58-yard field goal. Barnes holding. Burt to snap. He's had a lot of opportunities on these long ones. We'll see if we can cash one of these in. Here's the snap. There's the hold. There's the kick. I don't think he's going to have the distance. A little bit right. He missed it. So that's in the end zone. Pell City has started its own 20-yard line. No harm in that. Coach Elmore has made it very clear if he can get anywhere near uh, Alex's range, he's going to try field goals because worst-case scenario, the team is going to get it on the their 20-yard line. So we're still knotted at seven in the first quarter, three minutes and four seconds left. That's not – okay, they're trying to spot the ball at the 40. The officials are having a discussion, which I'm not sure why they would have this discussion. Because if they're right about putting it at the 40, then every other officiating crew this entire year has been wrong. Yeah. <laughs> now they're walking it back. Now. Let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Tracy's Florist and Gifts. Do some early Christmas shopping with Tracy's personalized printing gifts, gourmet baskets, fuzzy socks, and other stocking stuffer items. Don't forget their Auburn and Alabama party wear located in Galt Avenue in North Fort Payne. You're hearing this live on FPTV. That's Tracy's Florist and Gifts. First and 10, Pell City at their own 20-yard line. This game is tied at seven apiece. Smith takes the snap, looking left side, fakes, pumps, fakes. He's in trouble. He's in trouble. Finally gets it away, but nobody just throws it out in the middle of the field. Borden couldn't get to it. He was lucky to get rid of that. Four Payne's defenders ran into themselves. Looks like Prater and Heisman might have ran into each other out there in the backfield. I like that first down play, though, getting them behind the sticks early because that's when they've been kind of hurting us. Yeah, I was going to say, as we said earlier, if he gets rid of it one to two seconds, he's, he's good. But if we hold him a little bit longer, we've, we've sacked him. Uh, and put a lot of pressure on him. He has to hold it much yeah. longer. It's going to be interesting to see how long he can sustain himself up there. Now that Fort Payne is bringing pressure here, they do get it to Borden, breaks a tackle. He's got a little bit of running room, picks up a first down. He's out to the 35-yard line, first and 10, but there's a flag on the play. That time Fort Payne did bring pressure. It's a, Was that a personal foul? I think he signaled personal foul, but it looked like a holding. I didn't watch. That's coming back either way. I will say this, though. I mean, number two in the one-on-one in the field is a tough, tough tackle. Yeah. If goodness. you can get a hand on him, yeah. then you got to try to bring him down. So it would be tough to find. I don't know. Who's our best tackler? Open field Bennett. Seth. I, I'd say it might be hard to tackle him in a phone I, I, Yeah, I don't know how you would yeah. do that because that boy, i tell you what, he's got some shiftiness there. But they're going to back him up. Down to the five-yard line. Wow. That's two big breaks we've had last year. Yeah, two series, that is. Or series in the first one. But you saw there with, with Fort Payne, Payne bringing pressure, he, he went to Borden as the hot receiver. You know, usually a quarterback's taught if you see 
if you see a, a, a blitz, throw to where the blitz came from because there's going to be a receiver open behind him as they bring somebody down to try to cover that guy who's blitzing. And that's what happened there. And he picked up a first down, but there was a penalty on the play. So it's second down and 20. Pell City at their own 10-yard line now. Smith in shotgun formation. He's got twins receivers on the top side and twins receivers on this near side. Four Payne stays in a base defense this time. He throws out, swings it to the running back. And tackle, nice tackle in the open field there by Hayden Harrell. So it's going to be, no, that's Will Green, sorry. You can kind of I can't tell. see Fort Payne's numbers, and they're, they're white numbers on black jerseys. You can tell, when the quarterback gets a little pressure, you can tell that Borden is his kind of safety net there. He looks directly yeah. to where he's at. Yeah. And, um, so Fort Payne's got a Pell City in a third and long now. Let's find Borden, make sure he's covered up. Takes the snap. He's going to hand up the middle to the running back. Picks up a few yards back to the original line of scrimmage plus two, so it's going to be fourth down and eight. It looks like Pell City's going to need to punt. One minute and 53 seconds left in the first quarter. The ball game's tied seven to seven. Brandon Oliver back to midfield to receive the punt. No, he's not even at midfield. He's at the 45-yard line. Jake Blackstone in to kick for Pell City. There's a stop in play. They're sending, <laughs> we have seen this all year. They're sending somebody off for an a equipment violation. This officiating crew is serious about it. Fourth and seven, Jake Blackstone to kick. Minute and 30 seconds left in the first quarter. There's a snap. Four Payne brings pressure. Boy, they could have. Oliver calls for the fair catch and makes the fair catch at Four Payne's 48-yard line. Four Payne's going to come out quick, so we're going to stay here. This officiating crew is serious about the equipment violations. They're going to, they're going to send guys off the field. Scott, you want to come up here and talk with us some? Now don't put a headset, okay. <laughs> during the break. He wants to talk during the break. He man. does, yeah. <laughs> First and ten for Payne. I'd like to see us get out on this one. Jake Barnes under center. He's got a bunch of trips receivers to this near side. A trips, yeah, trips receivers to this near side. Dubose fakes the Dubose right side. Rolls left. He's got Marcus Ledford oh. open. My goodness. Mm. Boy, had Marcus wide open on this flats over here. Ran a bootleg to this side, faked to Dubose top side. I think that was Otwell again back yeah. down at 6-3. Yeah. It's two passes. He's, he's, he's knocked down too. He's a tall joker, boy. There's nothing but green grass for Ledford right <laughs> I know there. It. Marcus had all the running room in the world right there. So it's second down and 10. Fort Payne at their own 48-yard line. They come in trips receivers to this near side. Single receiver top side. Dubose is in the backfield. Barnes takes the snap. He hands the Dubose right side. Looking for running room. Not much there. He's going to pick up about three. It'll be third and seven. Just put a little bit of air over it. Yeah, drop it. I mean, you got all the room in the world. Just drop it right over his head. And Marcus Ledford probably still running right now. We had the defense full. They were, yeah. they were oh, yeah. all yeah. They bit. the left side. They bit. Third down. That's a long six, maybe seven. We're under a minute left in this first quarter. We're still tied seven to seven. I think we could have expected that, though, because Pell City has played every game they've, ha they've had close early. 
Dubos takes the snap. There's a whistle. And offsides. That's going to be offsides against Pell City. Give Fort Payne five more yards. It'll be third and about three now. I was looking earlier, and I, th I think probably three of their region games have been a touchdown or less, yeah. you know, lost for Pell City. So. Oxford, Oxford pulled away late. But other than that, they played Arab close. They played, played Southside close. They've been in every game that they've played in, uh, at least early on, if not late. All right, we're coming under 30 seconds left in the first quarter. Fort Payne is tied with uh, Pell City 7-7. Seven seven. There's Dubos left side. He's following that line. My goodness, guys, good job. First down, Fort Payne on a Caden Dubos run. Offensive line just making headway there. I'm not sure. There's been a few plays that they've stopped us for one or two, but by and large, Fort Payne is just kind of yeah, we're, run the ball. We're, yeah, we're running the ball well, which is going to open up this pass for sure, but Caden uh, really looks good. Nice tonight. cut, nice cut, nice cut. Caden Dubos on the run again. He's going to pick up another Fort Payne first down. That should take us to the end of the first quarter if Coach Elmore wants to. First and ten, clock stop with 9.8 seconds left, and I believe – it looks like Fort Payne's going to be content to go to the end of the first quarter and start out on the other end of the field. So we'll take a one-minute timeout as this quarter comes to an end. One-minute timeout. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969 with locations in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. We offer fast, friendly, and easy service, along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. We understand that banking can be stressful, and we want to give you the help that you need, just like family. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking, equal housing lender, member FDIC. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times-Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times-Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. All right, we're back. Fort Payne and Pell City tied at seven, start of the second quarter. Fort Payne moving the ball now inside Pell City territory down to the 27-yard line. I think if Dubose is healthy all year, he gives uh, Borden a run for his money. Oh, yeah. He's athletic guys in the region. You're right. Difference maker. I don't know if it's just our eyes or just being at home or better on that knee, but he seems to be a little bit more twitchy with his moves tonight than he has been in the last cuts. two weeks. So It's first and ten for Payne. Barnes is under center. Alex takes him behind him. Takes the snap. He drops back. He's looking he down is. the middle of the field. There's Adame, and he's got it for a touchdown for Payne. Ricky Adame. 11.53 left in the second quarter. Jake Barnes to Ricky Adame for the Fort Payne touchdown. Great pass by Jake there, and Adame was wide that was. open. That was. That time he got the air under it. He did. Yeah, good, great play design and great play call, but he was open. We could see him. He was open what, 10 yards before yeah. he let it go. It was yeah. perfect, perfect throw-in Really cage. nice play call there. 13-7, yeah. Fort Payne. Here comes the point after. Nice to see Ricky Adame getting some, getting some love tonight. 
McPherson in for the point attempt. There's the snap. There's the hold. There's the kick. It's away, and it is good. So Fort Payne takes the lead, 14-7, 11.53 left in the second quarter. Let's take a 30-second break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969 with locations in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. We offer fast, friendly, and easy service along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. We understand that banking can be stressful and we want to give you the help that you need, just like family. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking, equal housing lender, member FDIC. We are back with 11.53 left in the half. Four Payne takes the 14-7 lead against Pell City. We were talking about Alex McPherson to kick off. We were talking about during the break. It, it, what a good, I mean, a good play caller Coach Elmore is and strategy. And I asked him one time, how do you have all these different sets and all these different formations that you have to introduce every week because the team can struggle with that. There's the Alex McPherson kick. It's five yards deep in the end zone. He said a lot of the base blocking is not really changing for the offensive line. Most of that stuff's not really affected by that it's really the skill guys who are changing there but boy he puts people in position to make successful plays and he's doing it again tonight four pain leads 14 to 7. You know what again we talked about Caden coming in and we've talked about him the whole game it's nice to have him back but he's such an impact player and he makes those plays work. Yeah he does. Uh, when, when you're able to run the ball and, and defensively you're trying to stop them with like Pell City and then you got somebody running behind you but uh, great great blocking up front by the offensive line. Gave him a lot of time. Smith takes the snap, fakes the handoff, throws across the middle, picks up Borden. There he is again. He's going to have a Pell City first down out past the 30-yard line. Ooh, he's dangerous. Well, you can just feel. You can just feel you got to get him down quick. Such a good ball player. First and 10, Pell City at the four pain 30, I mean, at their own 31-yard line. And to Pell City's credit, they're looking for different ways. They're putting him in slot and wide out. They put him at quarterback some, at running back, putting him all over the field. First and 10, Pell City. Offensive line move. That should be a five-yard penalty. It is. It'll be first and 15, Pell City. Like you said earlier, the, the, if we can get him to hold the ball for three seconds, yeah. you know, we, yeah, yeah, we're getting yeah, him in the backfield. Right. Every play, he's getting the ball off in yeah. under two seconds, just, you know, yeah. finding his guys quick and, you know. Not much you can do with that as a defensive line. We're getting pressure on him. And too, when you get it out, you're right, Dallas. When you get it out on the on the edge like that, you get more of a one on one, one on two instead of trying to run the ball at, at exactly. one on nine or one eight in the box, whatever it might be. You're getting your playmakers yeah. in space. Yeah, that's that's what you want to do with playmakers. Give them the ball. First and fifteen, Pell City trips receivers top side, single receivers near side. Smith in shotgun drops back, looks to his right side. He's going to be under pressure again. He's running for his life now. He dumps off. There it is. Dumps off to Borden. He gets up to midfield. He's at the 45, the 40, the 35, the 30. He's going to be tackled inside the Fort Payne 25-yard line. There's a flag on the play. That may be, I don't know if that's a hit on the quarterback there. Good job by Smith to keep his eyes downfield and find Borden because he was going down. Was it personal foul? Probably so. Yeah. Nice play by Pell City on that play. And they'll add to the end of the run with that personal foul. They'll be inside Fort Payne 20-yard line. Scholar, Scholar Hillier was, you know, 
fingertips away from getting him right there. Yeah, and, and again, you know, you made a good point again. He's gotten rid of the ball all night early, and he's been more productive. But he's he's sneaky good uh, slipping out of tackles. He's done that several times. It'd be interesting. I'd, I'd be interested to watch and see is he the, is he just simply that little check down. Yeah. And that's all he's going to do because Fort Payne's getting so much pressure that they've told him all these other guys are going to run route trees. You know, try to go through your read progressions, but if you get under pressure, then drop it down to Borden. Um, that is a roughing the passer call. Well, it shouldn't be declined. Shouldn't that be tacked on to the end of the run? I think this side, this side judge is going to come out there and talk to him about it. While they're discussing that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Patterson's Music and Jewelry. You can buy, you can lay away for Christmas right now. For you music lovers, Kempa, Alvarez, and PV Guitars, sound equipment and accessories, check out their beautiful selection of jewelries or have yours cleaned. Dan and Marie can also service your watch, change out your battery, or have it repaired. Located in historic downtown Fort Payne, you're getting this live on FPTV. I wish I knew they did watches because I just got some watch batteries replaced recently and thought I had to go to Gadsden and do it, but heck no. You can go to Patterson's Music and Jewelry to do it. It's first and ten, Pell City inside the Fort Payne 15-yard line. They did tack on that roughing the passer penalty. Smith doing a good job of keeping his eyes downfield as the play is kind of caving in on him, and he completed that one to Borden for a long gain there. Smith drops back. He's looking at this single receiver side, throwing it up on a fade route, gets it in the back of the end zone. It's incomplete. Nice coverage by Seth Williams. Tried to get that one to number 14. I think it's Colton Smith. Colin Smith. Colin Smith. He's a good wide out too. Boy, he's dangerous. Second and 10, Pell City. Looks like these athletes are going to test this four-pane defense. And you kind of get the sense they're not going to do a whole lot of running. Trips receivers top side, single receiver near side. Smith takes the snap. He's going to just quarterback run this left side. He's got a little bit of room. Picks up about four yards. Devin Wells and Bennett Blanks on the stop. I may be completely wrong here. Y'all can kind of help me out. But other than maybe Gadsden City, this most might be the most athletic receiving core and running backs that we've seen all year long. Yeah, they're just keeping it simple. He's making good decisions. He only decision he made there wrong was he didn't trust his speed. He had the edge, yeah. slows up, and no game. But Pell uh, City doing a really good job marching down the field. All right, so we've got third down and six, Pell City. Fine board, and he's a single receiver right there on the, on the far side. And I think Pell City is going to call a timeout. Let's take it with him. Let's take a 30-second break. This is for Payne Wildcat football. Folks, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in Fort Payne, Alabama. We're still over here by Walmart uh, doing a big sale, and I wanted to invite everybody to come down and let's check out the inventory. We've got some great inventory for you to choose from. Cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. If you want it, we've got it. Shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call at 256-844-2210. We're back. 11 minutes, 7 seconds left in the half. Four Payne leads 14-7. Pale City's threatening, though, inside the Four Payne 10-yard line. It's third down and six. We were talking about during the break that on that, on that particular play, Borden was a split on that far side by himself in a slot position, 
but nobody out wide. And, boy, that <clears throat> thinking through defensively, I'd hate to see that because I don't know really. I don't know, and it looks like they may have that same formation called here. So they've got twins down here on this near side, two running backs, which I think is probably going to be a max protect. And they're going to have Borden uh, just solo there on Hayden Harrell. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt this just being a single receiver. And they got Kobe King stacked on top, so maybe they're going to double this up. Third and six. Smith drops back. He looks across the middle, throws it there, and there's a completed for a touchdown, Pale City to number 12. That's Caleb Gross. And, uh, man, that, they are, they that, that are play happened fast. That there. was. They, they, got, they do. They, they've got four receivers that struggling. <laughs> no aspect to catching the ball. I mean, that was just a nice throw and catch. Yeah. And, wow. So, it's tie, it, it, extra point will tie this up, 14 to 14. You got Borden with a – he's the ultimate decoy. Yeah. Uh, with, I was fully expecting them to go to him, but they didn't. There's the kick by Richard. It's up and it's good. So we're tied, 11 minutes, two seconds left in the half. Fort Payne and Pell City tied at 14 apiece. Let's take a 30-second break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. Drop by Vintage 1889 Cafe right here in Fort Payne, Alabama. Located in the Big Mill and Open 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Wednesday and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Thursday through Saturday. So come on down and enjoy. We have everything from salads to pizza. Enjoy an evening with the entire family at Vintage 1889 Cafe. All right, we're back. As I mentioned before, uh, Pell City just tied the ball game up 14 apiece. Guys, I got a question. How in the world is this team one and six? Like I said earlier, that, that, that do not reflect that out here on the field. They are they are a heck of a one and six team. They've got some wide receivers, and a quarterback can get it to them. We could be in for a shootout tonight. Yeah. Play play a little bit of a press box quarterback up here. Do you start slowing this game down and try to just run some to give your defense some rest and slowly push the ball down the field? But Fort Payne. Certainly has the ability to score against this Pell City defense, but you, you'd you like to give your defense a break, too. Here's the kickoff. Another pooch kick to the right side. This time, Braden Wooten fair catches it at the 30-yard line. Four paint will start there. Those little pooch kicks can be can be dangerous, like we almost saw yeah. earlier there, you know, yeah. kind of kick it in no man's land. No, nobody knows who to catch it or who to let it go, and – one little slip up there, and they could have the ball on 30-yard line right. right there. You're right. 11 minutes, one second left in the half. Our ball game's tied. Four paint starts first and 10 from their own 31-yard line. Looks like they're checking to the sideline. Four paint comes in. You got double splits and double slots. Barnes takes the snap. He's going to hand to Dubos left side. He's got running room. He picks up 10. There's going to be a flag on the play. That's probably coming back. But he goes out of bounds at the 40-yard line. It looks like that may be a holding call from where it's thrown. Hate to see that. Nice run by Caden Dubos. But it looks like uh, that little sidestep that Dubos does, I mean, it, it seems to work every time that he gets the ball in his hands. That is a holding call against Fort Payne. It's going to back him up, make this first and probably tw uh, 15. 
It's usually a spot foul, and where the ball, where the flag was thrown, yeah, it'll be first and 16, Fort Payne, from their own 25-yard line now. So maybe his give him a steady dose of Caden Dubos here. I wouldn't be surprised if Fort Payne's still running it here. Barnes is now under center. They're shifting. Bronson Laney comes to this near side. And Sawyer Burt slides down to that tackle spot. They're going to run to this side, Dubos. Laney does cut him off. Dubos has got running room, cuts it back. He's going to pick up probably 10 or, 15, uh, 10 or 12 yards on that play. Nice run. Nice job by Bronson Laney sealing that edge along with Andrew Barclay. You Just a little sweet, pa- sweet play. Mentioned it earlier, another great play call by Coach Elmore there. Bronson swapping over there. You could tell the defense was confused. The defensive end was kind of standing up, didn't know where to go, you know. Got us 10, 12 yards right yeah, there off that. Right. Looks like Sawyer Burt coming out. Maybe that shoulder got dinged a little bit on that play. Fort Payne comes in a spread set. Twins top side, twins bottom side. Barnes is in shotgun, takes a snap. It's second and four. Throws to that left side. To, tried to get it to Ledford. Defensive back made a great play on that one. That was number seven for um, Pale City. Emmanuel McClooney. Made a nice break on that and didn't give Marcus Ledford a chance to catch it. It's going to be third down and three. Let's see what Coach Elmore dials up here. Really trying to mix the run and the pass, keeping everybody honest. Carter Tinker in now is uh, uh, in for Ledford. I mean, in for uh, Burt at tight end. Barnes has two uh, running backs. This time he gives to Ledford in the backfield. He's going to pick up the first down. Out of bounds just near midfield, but Fort Payne will have a first down there. Nice pickup by Marcus Ledford. Another guy I like seeing the ball in his hands. Yeah. Ledford's another playmaker. Very athletic kid. Strong really nice. looking. Yeah. 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 Can break some tackles. First down, Fort Payne at their own 48-yard line. Nice mixture of run and pass on this series. Really nice when you can kind of establish that run and depend on it. And Coach Elmore not afraid to continue throwing the ball. First and 10, 9.37 left in the half. Fort Payne and Pell City tied at 14. Atkins up the middle. He picks up five. He picks up near 10 yards. He's going to be really close to another Fort Payne first down. Goes down pretty hard. Gets up on the play a little bit woozy. I think they're going to bring him out. Aiken's tough as now. <laughs> he is, boy. <laughs> He to, has to be. To be the size he does. Yeah. Yeah. You go out to practice and just watch him, and he, he likes it. Like It's not one yeah. of those where he's just kind of, well, coach, I'll do whatever you want. I think he wants he, – he looks for people to hit. Yeah. Four Payne going a little bit of a hurry up here. Barnes going to hand to Dubos up the middle. He's going to pick up the Four Payne first down. Got more running room to the 35, to the 30, breaking tackles. Nice run, Caden Dubos, down to the Pell City 27-yard line. Boy, I thought he was going to down for about five-yard gain there, and he just kept running. Going back to Aikens there, he's, he's a defensive-minded guy that's getting the ball in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his whole mentality is yeah. I need to hit somebody. Even if I've got the ball, I'm going to hit you. 8.45 left in the half, Fort Payne driving, tied 14-all with Pell City. Barnes looking to the sideline to get the signal. Dubos now in pistol formation behind Barnes. He takes the snap. He's going to hand to Dubos, looking right side. He does get the corner. Breaks it back inside, down to the 21-yard line. It's going to be about a five- or six-yard gain, be second and four, Fort Payne. Seems like Coach Elmore's trying to slow this down just a little bit. They're not running that. 
They did a little bit of speed up earlier, but now they've slowed the pace down going out of the huddle, and Barnes comes to the sideline for the play. We're about to go under eight minutes left in the half for Payne driving, second down and four. Barnes in shotgun formation. He's got Aikens behind him in the pistol. Takes the snap. Hands to Aikens up the middle. Got a little bit of room to move. He's going to pick up the Fort Payne first down, down near the 15-yard line. It'll be first and 10, Fort Payne. You know, you, you, you as an offensive guy and a former wide receivers coach, you still want to throw the ball some to keep them honest. But, my goodness, they, they haven't slowed us down. If it's not broke, this. don't fix it. Yeah. yeah. Fort Payne's really, really three, four, five yards a clip every time they run the ball. Barnes takes the snap, gives to Aikens up the middle again. Not as much running room this time. Picks up maybe two or three yards on this run. 7.15 left in the half. Like you said, you know the you know the pass is going to be open, but when you're getting five, six, seven, eight yards of carry, it's it's hard to take that chance. Yeah, I think Fort Payne's winning the in the trenches on offense and defense. You they know? really are. Uh, really, the only thing that's keeping this at a 14 game is those athletic receivers. That's it. Kind of throwing that backyard football, which it's not really backyard. They are running routes. So there's the snap. Barnes gives it to Aiken up the middle. Picks up another five yards for Fort Payne. It's going to be third down and short. Fort Payne may, I, I wouldn't mind going to this mountain music package here, Go that, but they're going to stay in their same, their same set here. It's going to be third down and three. I'm wondering if Coach Elmore's thinking we're not going to kick field goals here. We're going to go two, two plays for a first down just based on what Pell City's done. Barnes under center. Tried to hard count Pell City there to get them to jump. They don't jump. 14 seconds left on the play, co- play clock. Barnes takes the snap, gives to Aikens. Had a stunt. He got hit in the backfield or tw- turned in the backfield. He's going to be short. Let's see what Coach Elmore decides to do. He's thinking about it. I guarantee he's thinking about going for this just based on what Pell City's been doing offensively. He's going to call a timeout. Pell City dialed up a blitz there and was a perfect play call for that play. Yeah. Fort Payne's going to call a timeout. 5.57 left in the half. Uh, just to try to talk about this, it looks like they're probably going to go for this. Let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Not Your Mama's Deli. It's now, Not Your Mama's Deli is now open for lunch at 1130, Wednesday through Saturday. People rave about their Reuben, BLT, Philly cheese, and and chicken salad sandwiches, fire brick oven pizzas, and more. Made with only fresh ingredients, live musical entertainment on Fridays and Saturdays till 2 a.m. Great idea for after the game tonight. That's Not Your Mama's Deli. You're listening to this live on FPTV. So, fourth and four for Fort Payne. You know, I, th- I think you go. We've we've seen what they do in the uh, Mountain Music or the Go Line Package, whatever the big big package. I just don't. You know, they're not stopping us out of that package. I, I just don't see how they can. You know, if you're going to go for it, um, you'd think that'd be the route. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I saw uh, Heisman Brown in there, which is going to be that Go Line Package. Yeah, there's Bennett. Yeah, Bennett Blanks, Heisman Brown. This is going to be some form of that wing tee, or they're going to be in some kind of heavy goal line set here. Burt's also back out there. Yeah, Burt's shoulder must be all right. Let's see what Fort Payne dials up on a fourth and four. This is a long, that's a long fourth down play. They've had good, good success in this package 
throughout the season. Let's see what Fort Payne does here. Barnes under center takes the snap. He's going to yeah. give it to Aikens this side. That's that he's going to pick up that South first side. down. Yep, he's got a first down inside the five. Nice blocking by that offensive line. I'll tell you what, if you just say fourth and four, we're going to run, Yes, that's risky. That's a risky, that's a risky run call. But Fort Payne picks up about six or seven yards on that play, and they're first and goal at the two-yard line. And that's the same play we ran, back, I think, back-to-back, back and then for the score at Southside going down the – Yep. Now I, they're in I the tried again right court. here. I know. <laughs> T-Pack is Dubos in now. Bennett Blank's right behind. He will. He'll run it this side. There it is. Touchdown there for Payne. Alex Aikens again. every time. <laughs> I mean, it's like five and three-quarters yards, but it'll work. Do they even run it back to the left side? I'm not sure I've no, seen it. But we always run it to our side To line. our sideline. Okay, you're right. You're line. right. You're right. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, south side. Yeah, we ran it, it was to on, our sideline. to the yes. left. So, that's yeah. right. You're right. I, mean, I, had, I never picked up on that tendency. Yeah. 5.32 left in the half. Fort Payne takes the lead again from Pell City, 20-14. to 14. Alex McPherson in to attempt the point after. Big guys up front getting a great push. Yeah. To their credit, that offensive line is just really, really developed well, and that's probably one of the biggest things to develop for Fort Payne this year, to keep stability as they uh, go through the season. So now, 21-14, McPherson makes the extra point. 5.32 left in the half. Fort Payne leads 21-14. Let's take a 30-second break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. wish there was a locally owned and operated store that supports the community? A store that carries all the best brands and a size that fits with great prices. Fort Payne Footworks is all that and more. They carry brands like Cotopaxi, Brooks, Merrill, Wolverine, On, Hoka, and more. Shop here, shop local. And don't forget to pick up your Kicker U shirt and your favorite Little River hat at Fort Payne Footworks. Fort Payne Footworks, home of the Little River Hat and Clothing Company. All right, we're back. Fort Payne just took a 21-14 lead against Pell City. A lot of running plays there. Nice to see the offensive line really getting some good push there against the Pell City defensive front. I guess if you had to, to go back and forth, you really want run plays to be your dominant, um, your dominant play call. McPherson's kick goes, of course. Out of the back of the end zone, Pell City has started at the 20-yard line. So, let's see what the Fort Payne defense. The biggest thing probably happened in that series there was giving that defense some rest uh, yeah. from all that running around. See what Fort Payne tries to do to stop this uh, pretty potent Pell City offense here on this series. You mentioned it earlier, and, and maybe after this score we can kind of go into that mode a little bit. Hey, right. we, we can run the ball on them, and let's have a six-minute drive or right. a five-minute yeah. drive. and Keep their know. possessions down. Smith got two backs in the backfield. I don't know where Borden is. We got to find him. Well, really, all of the receivers now. That's Borden coming in a speed sweep motion. He's got isolation. There's Kobe King. He makes oh. the interception. He's at the 45. He's at the 40. 35. 30. Kobe King breaks up at the top side of the field. He's inside the 20, down to the 18 yard line. Kobe King on the interception. Fort Payne set up in business. <laughs> that might be the turning point, right? <laughs> There's your turning point. Great catch and run after we the play We just thought there. the fourth and fourth was a big play. That's it. Yeah. You know, in my mind, thinking as an offense, as a former offensive coach, if you can run the ball, it's better than if you can pass the ball. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Every time and twice on Sunday. 
So Fort Payne set up at the Pale City 18-yard line, got a chance to go up two touchdowns here. Late in the half, late in the first half. Fort Payne going to go trips receivers to this near side. Sawyer Bird in a tight end on the top side. Caden Dubose in to Barnes's left. Barnes takes the snap. Hand, fakes the handoff. Looking, oh, he's got it. Sawyer Bird. Oh, he's ah. got, oh, my goodness. Put some air under. He had Ledford and Bird. They're both wide open. Pale City has had to commit so many people to the run. My goodness. There wasn't anybody. Yeah, I mean, you they see were them, very committed yeah, on the you run You see them there. walk up like that, and you fake, you fake down, oh. and they, they make one step down, he's wide open. There and wasn't one guy check on yeah, Burt coming. Yeah. There's a good thing we don't have there. a mic on yeah, Patrick I was going to say, the only problem Patrick Barnes, the only right problem Barnes has, had was, was who was his best friend on that play. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's know. a good thing his dad didn't have a microphone on him right now. Dubo's running mm. left side. He's got running room. He's inside the 10, inside the 5, dives to the pylon. Does he get it? Nope. First and go, sorry. I got real excited, ready to call that touchdown. It's down at the one-yard line, but Fort Payne is going to be at the one-yard line, first and goal. Dubo just has that ability to stop and shift yes. back one way. And, I mean, at least tonight I've seen him do it five or six yes. times there, and there's been nobody even come close to getting him. Yeah. Just about to go under five minutes left in the half. Fort Payne, first and goal from the one-yard line. I mentioned – well, I'm gonna, I'll tell you after this play. I got a stat, but I don't want to jinx us. Here comes the play. <laughs> no, they did go to – oh, no, he fumbles. Oh, my mm. goodness. Mm. My to goodness. The other side. Well, I guess I could have told you because it didn't make any difference. Fort Payne, before that point, was 19 of 19 inside the red zone. We went to the play. We just went to their sideline. Went to we their sideline, fumbled the exchange between Jake Barnes – and Caden Dubos, and Fort Payne turns it right back over to Pell City. Man, had a great opportunity to go up two touchdowns there, and Fort Payne uh, has to bring the defense back out. Four minutes, 44 seconds left in the half, and Pell City got the ball back. All right, shake it off, defense. Let's get back and get this ball back again. Pell City hands off this time up the middle. Got a little bit of running room, picks up about three yards. It'll be second seven. Man, hate to see that. They're running the ball maybe a little bit to keep us honest, but there's just not much there yeah, for them no, on the run. No. I mean, defensive line's doing well. Just a missed exchange between Dubos and Barnes, and uh, Fort Payne gives it back to Pell City. And that handoff's not as much downhill what Caden's used to. And, and, and again, Caden has not had a lot of handoffs. That, that, that's more your jet sweep uh, yeah. handoff, and I'm not too sure that he went a little bit deep based on what uh, Jake was used to. Yeah. Second and six, Pell City. Smith takes the snap, drops back. He's looking to his right, throws to the sideline. He's got Borden there for a first down out to the 25-yard line. Pell City getting out of deep in their own territory. Just went under four minutes left in the half. There again, Prater just put quarterback on his back right after he threw that pass there. He? He's barely getting these passes off. It's amazing that he's having enough composure to be able to complete right. those passes under that. That's pretty impressive. So it's first and 10, Pell City at their own 24-yard line. They give this time to number 10 to the right side. Gets about a yard, maybe two. You're right, Dallas. There's not a lot of running room there. Boy, Fort Payne's defensive line is just really, really, really showing out. He did get two yards, second and eight. Under three and a half left in the half. Pell City down seven. 21 to 14, Fort Payne. 
They come out. They've got twins receivers to this bottom side, single receiver top side. They've got two backs in the backfield flanking Smith. Five seconds left on the play clock. Smith takes the snap. Looks on the corner route. Hits Borden again. Boy, he's just breaking tackles. Yeah. Picks up about six yards. It's going to be third and short. Probably got lucky there that, I mean, that he went down. I mean, we've got six guys around him, <laughs> and he's inches from breaking it. I mean, really. I, he really is. He's So third down and two, Pell City. 2.42 left in the half. Clock running. They're on their own 32-yard line. Takes the snap, hands to the running back. This side, he's in the backfield. He's not going to get anything there. Fort Payne swarms for a four-yard loss. It's going to be fourth down and five. Pell City, surely they're going to punt here. Skylar Hilliard went pretty much untouched back there. And wow. He, he might not have made the tackle, but he kind of made the play happen there. With, with, uh, I, I talk, uh, Pell City calls a timeout. I talked with Coach Elmore about when you look at Fort Payne and you look at the Pell City their offensive line, and really every week, Springville, Etowah, Fort Payne is undersized consistently, yeah. and they are consistently able to beat those blocks every week. And he said, man, we just, we, the, we've got a, a bunch of overachievers on that defensive front that just decides, and the coaches, they just decided they're going to be coached as hard as they can, they're going to push themselves, and there's no, these guys should not be in the backfield every play, and they are. So it's good to see. It's going to be fourth down. Let's see what Pell City decides to do. You're going to get the ball back with plenty of time there around midfield with two minutes left yep. to go before halftime. Yep. Uh, tune in after the game tonight at 10 o'clock after the game for the American Crawl Space Scoreboard Report with your hosts, Chris and Gina Dura. Reese Colburn will be with them tonight. That's Roman's boy, Reese. 10 o'clock from 10 to 11 tonight on WZOB 100.9 FM and 12.50 AM. Chris and Gina Dura host the American Crawl Space LLC scoreboard report so Pell City is going to punt we've got two minutes 18 seconds left Brennan Oliver standing at Fort Payne's 40 yard line to receive the punt let's see what happens here there's always oh, going oh, over his head mm. they snap the ball over his head Blackstone tries to kick it out of the back of the end zone tries to fall on it oh we might have got I it I think he uh, looks like he fell on it. That's going to be a Fort Payne safety. It is. It's a Fort Payne safety. So with two minutes and 12 seconds left, Fort Payne takes a 23-14 to 14 lead on a bad snap on a fourth down by Pell City. So Pell City will have to kick off from its own 20-yard line. That's why in high school ball, in high school ball, you never take anything for granted. We've had that happen to us with Alex when Alex had to snap for Sawyer down at Etowah, he snapped it over his head for a safety. Uh, we had that at the Athens week one. That one, though, was very close to being a touchdown. Yeah, it was. <laughs> he tried to kick it out of bounds there, didn't kick yeah. it, and luckily fell on it. You just always never know. You just, it's just, you just never, ever can tell. Seems like on that last series, too, maybe some of our DBs and outside linebackers aren't giving the guys quite as much cushion and cutting yeah. off some of those short throws. You know. I think Coach Elmer was lobbying for a, a touchdown instead of a Safety, but I, it looked pretty clear to me that the punter, he tried to kick it. Maybe that's what he was saying. It was an illegal kick. I don't know. So, Pell City will have to kick off from their own 20-yard line. You can punt after a safety, but it looks like he's got a block with him, so they're going to kick off. Haven't seen uh, 
their kickoff now they've done that pooch kick if they do a pooch yeah. kick here we're going to be in good position yeah. they're going to have to try to kick deep i would think you'd think they'd kick it deep here or else we're going to get the ball around the 50 yard line starting out yeah. i know this drive with, with two minutes left it's still in the game or till halftime and they're moving a little bit slower so i'm going to tell you again about one of our sponsors we've got a new sponsor tonight Catherine's gallery and custom framing llc your Pete the Cat headquarters is the perfect place to find or create something special for Christmas this year. Amy can help you personalize your gifts with her laser engraver, everything from ornaments to cutting boards. And your kids, and for your kids, there's Melissa and Doug and Pete the Cat. Located in historic downtown Fort Payne, you're getting this live on FPTV. Okay, so somehow there was a penalty. What was that? I think that's just with the safety, is it not? Yeah, let's see. I don't know if that's I, a no, penalty. I think that's just with the safety. No, no, on safety you kick off from the 20. Anyway, oh, Pell yeah. City going to kick off. I'm going to ask Coach Elmore about that. They do try the pooch kick. He kicks it a little bit deeper this time. Adame goes back to the 10 and receives it. He's going up the middle of the field looking for some running room. He gets tackled. No, he doesn't get tackled. He breaks that tackle. He's out to the 46-yard line. Nice play, nice run by Ricky Adame. Out to Fort Payne's 46-yard line. Two minutes left in the half, and Fort Payne's going to be in good field position. They've got plenty of time. Two timeouts left, leading 23-14. to 14. You could almost really run anything in your offense right now. There's really not any hurry. I agree, and we'll see. We've still got uh, two timeouts. Two timeouts. Two timeouts, two minutes, plenty of time. So Fort Payne comes out and spread. They've got twins receivers on top side, twins receivers on this near side. Barnes takes the snap. He hands to Dubos up the middle. He's got a little bit of running room. Picks up five. Mm. He picks up ten. He picks up. He breaks it out to the outside. Breaks another tackle. My goodness. Go. He's down to the 30-yard line. Caden Dubos. Shifty right there. Probably made it get about three guys missed. Caden Dubos says, Kentrell Borden who? He said, we got a number two ourselves. I think we're going to have, have to have that argument afterwards. I think he's moved into the number one spot. My goodness. Caden looking fantastic on that run. Fort Payne first and 10 on the Pell City 30-yard line. This time the handoff to Akins. He picks up three. He's got the old three-yard and a pile of dust. That, that's the thunder and the lightning, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be second down and seven, Fort Payne. Just under a minute and a half left in the half. Fort, uh, Coach Elmore not in a big, big hurry right here. Fort Payne has really been able to run almost anything in the offense. Barnes takes the snap. He's looking to the right side. Throws to Sawyer Burton in the flats. He picks up Fort Payne first down, down to the 16-yard line. That'll be a first and 10, Fort Payne. When the clock starts, it'll be a minute and nine seconds left in the half. That's Sawyer's first catch of the game. It is. Really like seeing us target everybody. It really puts pressure on that defense. First and 10, Fort Payne. Barnes takes the snap. There's a little hitch pattern to Adame over here. Picks up about five yards down to the 11-yard line. Good throw and catch there by yeah. Barnes and Adame. We're under a minute. We're down to 51, 50, 49, 48. Second down and five, Fort Payne. Spread formation. Barnes takes the snap, hands to Akins. He runs up the middle. He breaks free. Touchdown, Alex Akins. Fort Payne leads 29 to 14. Boy, I tell you what, good job offensive line making that hole. Nice job finding that hole. Alex Akins breaks it for a Fort Payne touchdown. Big credit to the offensive line there. They, they, they did have a truck. They, hole yeah, they yeah. drove that through. I might could run through. You think I could, I could pick up a yard quarter? <laughs> now, Britt, now you were a good running back back in those days. You, you could run. 
Back you in those days could have scored. <laughs> Key. <laughs> McPherson in to kick uh, the extra point. 41 seconds left in the half. Snap, hold, kick. It's up, and it's a good. So with 41.6 seconds left in the half, Fort Payne takes a 30-14 to 14 lead over Pell City. Let's take a 30-second break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times-Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times-Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. So Fort Payne breaks out with 16 points in the second quarter to take it a 30-14 to 14 lead over Pell City as we're getting nearing the halftime. Uh, Fort Payne will receive after half, too. That's right? correct. That's right. Fort Payne gets the, gets the ball in the second half, so need the defense. Now, hey, with Pell City, they got a quick strike offense, so they're nothing to take anything for granted here. Really nice to see that defense be able to get some rest. Really nice. To, I thought Caden Dubos was back. He's really back tonight. <laughs> You know, when we saw him play a little bit against Scottsboro and a little bit against uh, Southside, we thought, okay, well, this is good. It's spelling Alex. He's giving Alex a break. He's getting some yardage. He's full speed back tonight. Yeah, he looks really good. That offensive line is, is just uh, it's game changer, not also. Just blowing holes and uh, giving us a lot of opportunities. Yep. Well, let's see what Pell City tries to do with a little bit of time left in this half. You'd have to think they're at least going to try something here. Again, with that one and six record and really nothing to lose, I might as well start trying to sling it again. But they're going to hand up the middle. Skylar Hillier and Devin Wells on the tackle. They don't appear to be interested in stopping the Pell clock. Pell City's out of timeout. They're out of timeout, so they're going to probably maybe run one more play. Looking for the play from the sideline, and they're not in a big hurry, so they may just let this clock run out. Devin Wells on the tackle. That's not making any motion, so it looks like they're going to let the clock run. Down to seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And there's the end of the first half. Fort Payne leads Pell City 30 to 14. We're going to take a two-minute break when we come back. We'll have some scoreboard updates from FPTV, folks. Two-minute break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. Hey, folks, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in Fort Payne, Alabama. We're still over here by Walmart uh, doing a big sale. And I wanted to invite everybody to come down and let's check out the inventory. We've got some great inventory for you to choose from. Cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. If you want it, we've got it. Shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call at 256-844-2210. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times Journal publication, 
and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. Drop by Vintage 1889 Cafe right here in Fort Payne, Alabama. Located in the Big Mill and Open 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Wednesday and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Thursday through Saturdays. So come on down and enjoy. We have everything from salads to pizza. Enjoy an evening with the entire family at Vintage 1889 Cafe. Hey, I'm Webb Mason. I'm here with some score updates. Uh, end of the first half, Fort Payne leads 30 against Pell City, 14. Second quarter, Sylvania versus Plainview. Sylvania leads 28-7. First quarter, Crossville versus Sardis. Sardis leads 22-8. Second quarter, Geraldine versus Fife. They're tied at 7. Second quarter, Boaz versus Gunnersville. Gunnersville leads 17-10. Second quarter, Asbury versus Collinsville. Collinsville leads 28-0. Second quarter, Springville versus Oxford. Oxford leads 26-3. First quarter, North Sand Mountain versus Whitesburg Christian. Um, they're tied at zero. Second quarter, Gadsden versus Locust Fort. Locust Fort leads 33-7. Second quarter, Eider versus Folkville. Eider leads 7-0. Second quarter, Scottsboro versus Southside. Scottsboro leads 21-12. First quarter, Woodville versus Gelsville. Gelsville leads 38-6. Second quarter, Pisgah versus Section. Pisgah leads 14-0. Fourth quarter, Valley Head versus Coosa Christian. Coosa Christian leads 21-14. Second quarter, Glengove. Glencoe versus Sachs. Sachs leads 33-0. Second quarter, Sprig Garden versus Sandrock. They're tied at 15. Second quarter, Athens versus Coleman. Coleman leads 7-3. Second quarter, Piedmont versus Hoax Bluff. Piedmont leads 24-7. First quarter, Hoover versus Tuscaloosa County. Hoover leads 7-0. Second quarter, Gadsden City versus who at Trestle, Gadsden City leads 14 to 13. Fourth quarter, Etowah versus Lipscomb. Lipscomb leads 70 to 10. That's all the scores for halftime. Thank you. Don't you wish there was a locally owned and operated store that supports the community? A store that carries all the best brands in a size that fits with great prices. Fort Payne Footworks is all that and more. They carry brands like Cotopaxi, Brooks, Merrill, Wolverine, On, Hoka, and more. Shop here, shop local. And don't forget to pick up your Kicker U shirt and your favorite Little River hat at Fort Payne Footworks. Fort Payne Footworks, home of the Little River Hat and Clothing Company. Hey, I'm back down here on the field with Mr. Black. He's going to help me with the homecoming court. Uh, okay, so the uh, homecoming court for 2021, the freshman attendant was uh, Miss uh, Asleya Canales Aguilar. 
And by the way, uh, Asleya is in my classroom. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, good student. Uh, and I was glad that she was in there. Uh, let's see, Asleya was uh, escorted by her uncle, Gerardo Segarra. Um, and next was sophomore attendant. Sophomore attendant was Miss Daisy Soto. Uh, Daisy Soto is the, daughter, uh, is the daughter of Alberto and Rodea Soto. And she was escorted tonight by her older brother, Ivan, who we know. Yeah, we all know Ivan. Yeah, we know Ivan. I, I spoke to Ivan after the game. That's awesome to get to see him. And uh, so Daisy was the sophomore attendant. The junior attendant was Miss Sammy Goggins. And Sammy Goggins is the daughter of Nicole Goggins and Jody Goggins. Um, and then the senior attendant was Miss Anna Contreras. Anna uh, is the daughter of Mr. Daniel Contreras and Miss Rosie Guerrero. And then the first princess uh, was Miss Lynette Campero Lemus. Uh, Lynette is the daughter of Mr. and Miss Roosevelt and Campero uh, Zwala Campero. I'm sorry, Campero, Zwala Campero. Um, she was escorted by her father. Uh, the second princess was Miss Ella Fowler. Ella's the daughter of Jay and Jenna Fowler. The 2021 Fort Payne High School Homecoming Queen was Ruby Gonzalez. Miss Ruby Gonzalez, we're very proud of Ruby. Uh, Ruby is in our class, and by the way, Ruby is an excellent graphic editor, uh, top notch. She's competed over the last two years, done really well every time. Uh, you know, and that's something we're rolling up on right now, Webb, is competition. Uh, what are some of the categories we compete in? Uh, we do audio, we do video, which you pretty much have to do both in that one, and then we do uh, graphic design, and um, I think that's pretty much it. We, yeah, we do animations, and then for skills, we do uh, broadcast news. So uh, that's like live stuff, which is a whole different deal than, you know, pre-made stuff. Um, that's pretty much it. We do, you know, and also we do photography. And last year, Shayla Montez went to nationals in that. We, we actually last year, yeah, I'm bragging on the program. Uh, last year, we we swept the category in photography for state. So we won all three places, shut everybody out. Uh, the year before, we placed uh, two different places. One of them was first in state uh, in photography. Uh, we also placed at state this past year in uh, video production. We placed at state in graphics in two different positions, and we placed at state in uh, broadcast news. So we placed at state in every category that we competed in. Um, I was really proud of the kids. They did an awesome job. Um, you know me, I expect us to do better every year and this year is no different so i'm expecting us to do better than we did in the previous year i don't know how we can do much better in photography other than uh we want to win nationals i, I would love to see a national title for for our program so that will be an awesome thing and uh i'm just proud of the kids i'm, I'm proud of everything that you guys do uh, 
Well, thank you, Mr. Black. It was great to get to talk to you. And congratulations to Ruby. Uh, yeah, she 100% she deserved it. Um, and I guess we'll send it back up to y'all in the press box. Hey folks, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in Fort Payne, Alabama. We're still over here by Walmart uh, doing a big sale, and I wanted to invite everybody to come down and look, check out the inventory. We've got some great inventory for you to choose from. Cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. If you want it, we've got it. Shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call at 256-844-2210. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times-Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times-Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. On behalf of Superintendent Ian Jack and Paul.
Fort Payne City Schools would like to welcome the Fort Payne Wildcat Band to the field. Under the leadership of drum majors Emily Benefield and Gabe Hardinger, the band will be performing their 2021 show inspired by the music of Michael Jackson, including Thriller, Bad, I'll Be There, I Want You Back, ABC, and Billie Jean, featuring soloists Reese Q and Nathan Pope. Ladies and gentlemen, now performing on the field, no, Fort Payne Wildcat Band!
Wildcat Band is under the leadership of directors Ian Pass and Elena Garrett, with assistance from Jace Garrett, Alex Jacobs, and Will Thomas. Folks, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in Fort Payne, Alabama. We're still over here by Walmart uh, doing a big sale, and I wanted to invite everybody to come down and let's check out the inventory. We've got some great inventory for you to choose from. Cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. If you want it, we've got it. Shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call at 256-844-2210. Hey, Coach. Uh, we're looking up there at the camera. Okay. Um, pretty electric first half. Um, tell us your thoughts about the first half and what you think. Yeah, I mean, like we said all week, number two for them is a great player, and he's made a lot of plays already. We got to keep keep getting to him, trying to make tackles on him because he uh, uh, he can score in any play. So. The good thing is for us, he's playing a lot on defense too. So hopefully he's getting a little tired, and uh, you know we're we're making him work on defense when we've got the ball. But uh, we got got to find a way to stop him, and we got to find a way to not we, we turn the ball over down there to one, which is disappointing. Can't do that. We got to finish drives here in the second half. Yeah, Kobe King had a great interception there. How did you feel that your team wasn't able to capitalize after that interception? Yeah, that's disappointing. Great play by Kobe. Great run by Dubos to get it down to the one. Then we just put it on the ground. That's, that's uncharacteristic of us, and we take pride of in, you know when the ball's inside the five, punching it in, and we did, and that's disappointing. And uh, but nothing we can do about it now. We got to move forward. We got to come out here this second half and get a drive going. See if we get some more points. A lot of running the ball in here in the first half, and it's uh, clearly paid off. Do you think you'll keep that up in the second half? Yeah, we've thrown it at times and been successful, um, but they, we've, I feel like every time we ran it, we were getting you know, four or five, six at a time, and so we kind of stuck with it. And uh, We'll see if they try to you know, put more people down there. If they do, we may have to take some shots over the top of them to loosen them up again. Thank you, Coach. I'm ready. All right, thank you, Coach Elmore, for those comments. Looking at, um, looking back at the first half, it seems as though Fort Payne really, in many ways, still controlling the line of scrimmage like they have in many games this uh, this season. Checking out some scores in the region: Oxford up big, 26 to three. 
up 26-3 over Springville. Uh, Scottsboro's leading Southside, huh. 21-12 at half. Score. That's a little bit of a surprise there. Uh, don't have anything on um, – well, Arab's off, so that's it. There's only three region games tonight. And so um, it appears if everything holds and Fort Payne will take care of business in this second half and Oxford takes care of business in their second half, the next week will be for that uh, second seed in Region 7, Class 6A. So we're getting – everybody's getting loosened up and getting warmed up. Uh, we're ready for the second half to start. The clock's running down to a minute and a half. Again, Fort Payne leading 30-14. to 14. Hopefully they can continue uh, running the ball the way they did, and uh, it would be interesting to see what they try to do to stop this uh, Pell City offense with all those athletes in the skill positions. That game next week is going to be a big game, you know. I mean, the difference in having a home playoff game and an away playoff game, you know, and normally your playoff games aren't going to be just right down the road. You're going to be traveling, you know, an hour and a half, possibly even two hours to some of those games. And um, big advantage if we can get playoff game here at home. Sure. Yeah, the, the, the main – it seems as though the, the top four teams in the region that Fort Payne will match up in – down in the Birmingham is going to be Mountain Brook, Shades Valley, um, Homewood, Briarwood. I think those are going to be your top four. Chelsea might sneak in at a four seed. So you're looking at probably Mountain Brook or Homewood. Excuse me. If Fort Payne's the two seed, then they play the three seed, which could be Ch Shades Valley, could be Homewood. could be. I don't think it would be Briarwood. It's, I think Briarwood and Mountain Brook would probably be your one-two so if Fort Payne ends up being a three, they may have to travel to Briarwood. So Fort Payne set to receive the kick. Clock's running down. We're getting everything set back up here. Ready to go. And Pell City will kick off from our right to our left. Fort Payne will receive on our left, the concession side of the stadium. And we're ready to go. Clock strikes zero. They'll reset it to 12 minutes, and we'll start the third quarter. As Coach Elmore mentioned in that interview, going to really try to keep that run established. And then as Pell City tries to bring in safeties and extra help on the run, continue to uh, mix in the pass and sprinkle in the pass. But you'd think, well, I don't know. Never, got, never try to predict what an offensive coordinator's thinking. They see a game a certain way. and But love to see this game. Uh, Definitely a good thing you're up 16 points. It and is. You've got a really good running game going right now. So, I mean. That's big in your favor. Right, and we've had no problem controlling the offensive line. And, and you know, like we said earlier, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to get away from the run when you're picking up five, six, seven yards to carry, even though the, the it is opening up the pass, but it, it may help us in the fourth quarter if, yeah. if, if things change. All right, Jake Blacks, uh, Blackstone set to kick. Let's see if he does that pooch kick again for Pell City. If he does, it's going to be down near uh, Braden-Wooten area, maybe deep enough to, for Adame to get it. And Adame had a good return the last time he got it. So Looks like Adame and Cash are up, up just a little bit from normal maybe. Yeah. So here we go. Blackstone to kick for Pell City. It is that pooch kick. It's going to get deep enough to get to Adame. He catches it at the 18-yard line, comes to the middle of the field. Looking for running room. He's got a little bit and about to the same spot he ran to last time, the 45-yard line. Four painting great field position. I think I'd stop doing that. I'd just rather kick deep. 
Well, if pooch you, it and give them that yeah, much of an you, advantage. If you don't have, yeah, if you don't have the touch to get it over Adame's head there, you're you're giving it such an advantage to Fort Payne. Yeah, that's both I, times Adame's fielded that over there on that left side. Fort Payne set set a pretty good wall here, and he's ran it back to the right side of the field there, and both yeah. times has been 20, 25 yard return. Yeah, time. I think I'd stop that. All right, uh, Dubose in at running back gets the first handoff. Up the middle. There he goes. He's at the 40. He's at the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Caden Dubose. First play of the second half. Wow. Acted like oh, it was well, nothing. here we go. Flag on the play. Dadgummit. How is a flag? That's an odd That's 15, spot. That is a very odd spot. That's 15 yards down the field. What in the same? I okay. think it may be on Pell City with where it's at there. That's probably a block in the back the runner, or something. Though. It's going to be a hole behind the runner. You know, the problem with that is, and of course, you know, as a – It is holding. It's just uh, so far down the field, that's tough. Wow. You know, if the hole's here, he has to be 15 yards in front of the ball. Man. Caden was never in, even in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's it's going to end up being a second and six now because it's a spot foul. Well, no, it's a first and six. So, the, they replay the down, give them 10 yards. The sticks stay where they were. So it's actually a first and six for Fort Payne. Dubo's going to have to come out and get a breath on this one because, my goodness, he ran a long way. Broke some tackles there, boy. He looks – that's a different Caden Dubos. That looks like first week one Caden Dubos. All right, first and six, Fort Payne at midfield. Aikens in, uh, running back now. They give the ball to Aikens' left side. And he's not got much there, maybe a yard. And he's stacked up at the line of scrimmage. So it'll be second down and about five now. Barnes comes over to get the play from Coach Elmore. Man. On that long run there, he didn't really have to be too shifty. There was a big hole there, yeah, and he just yeah. used that speed and went right through there. Wow. Hate to see that. My goodness. Hate to waste a touchdown call like that. <laughs> second and five, Fort Payne. Barnes flanked by... There's a give to Ledford. He's running this right side. He's got some running room. He picks up a first down. He's down to the 40-yard line. He almost, almost pretty good little stays in bounds. Yeah, that was a good run by Marcus Ledford. I'd like to see that. First down, Fort Payne inside the 40-yard line. So uh, even though they did, you want to get some points on the board, and they struck quick. Maybe better for us long term to run some time off this clock with a series as long as we score again. Inside the 40 yard line, first and 10, Fort Payne. Aiken still in it, running back. Barnes takes the snap, drops back, looks at a little, little hitch and go to Adame. Got hit by the defensive yeah, back. They do call that. There. Okay, yeah. Good call. Adame was running a little stop and go and got held by the defensive back, so that's going to be a first down. That's going to be a 10-yard penalty for Fort Payne, for Fort Payne, not against Fort Payne. I think that's a pretty easy call there when he made that stop and Jake made that pump fake there. Uh, yeah, they held him up pretty good. Really mixing these plays up for Fort Payne offensively. That's going to be inside the 20-yard line. Fort Payne, Fort Payne will be first and 10 at the Pell City 15-yard line. Dubose back in at running back. Fort Payne looking to the sideline to get the play. Barnes in shotgun formation. Takes the snap. 
Hands to Dubos, left side. He's got a gap. Picks up about five, seven yards on first down. It'll be second and three. Nice run there on that little stretch play to the left side. That offensive line is really just, boy, they're good. They're good. They're making some holes up there. Eli Frazier, Bronson Laney, Colton Shankles, Andrew Barclay, Bain Barentine. Nice to see Bain fully healthy again. All right, here we go. Barnes under center now. Cash in a sweep motion. Dubos takes the snap, takes the handoff up the middle. Picks up a Fort Payne first down. It'll be first and goal, Fort Payne inside the five-yard line. Pretty close. Except down to the two maybe right there. Can't really tell. No, it's at the four, I think. Looked yeah, like he yeah. fell down to the two, but I guess his knee went down at the, at the four. Fort Payne now kind of going a little bit of hurry up here. Barnes takes the snap, gives to Dubos right side. He's looking for the corner. He's got a hole. He's in. Touchdown again, Caden Dubos. Heavy dose of Caden Dubos for Fort Payne on this drive. Touchdown. Fort Payne leads 36 to 14. Dubos around the edge is dangerous play there. Yeah. Scored twice in six minutes. <laughs> he seemed it's that it's that zone play, so the offensive line is told to take the guy in front of you and wherever he wants to go, you go. And then Caden Dubos is given the option of where to cut that play. Each one of those has seemed to be like it's run up tackle but then he just kind of slides out like a sweep and finds that corner. They have not set the edge on any of those plays. Here's the extra point attempt by Alex McPherson. It's up, and it is good. So with 9.42 left in the third quarter, Fort Payne takes a 37-14 lead over Pell City. Let's take a 30-second timeout. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. Drop by Vintage 1889 Cafe right here in Fort Payne, Alabama. Located in the Big Mill and Tiki. Open 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Wednesday and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Thursday through Saturday. So come on down and enjoy. We have everything from salads to pizza. Enjoy an evening with the entire family at Vintage 1889 Cafe. Nine minutes, 42 seconds left in the third quarter. Fort Payne takes a 37-14 lead over Pell City. Alex McPherson to kick. Really doesn't matter who's back to return because they're not going to get a chance. That is deep, and that is hits the crossbar and through the uprights. I think I looked at the stats, and McPherson has only missed the end zone once. And I think that – wasn't that at Etowah? He missed that one too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> kicked it over the science building and it was south side. He did not. <laughs> wow, what a there, leg. There's some what places here that you've got to account for extra footballs. Because, you, I mean, it's, it's like my golf game. When I'm hitting in the woods, he's hitting balls into the woods. You're going to have to go back there and find them. Pole vault area over there in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. All right. Pell City first and 10 from their own 20-yard line. Smith takes the snap, takes the handoff, throws to this flats to Smith, and he drops it. That's uh, – Baylor Smith to Colin Smith. Pass is incomplete. It'll be second down and 10. Kind of just noticing there, it looks like Fort Payne's went to just a three-down lineman mm -hmm. look there. Maybe so. Trying to slow down some of these athletic 
receivers that yeah, Melson so has got. A, is this a nickel package? Yeah, Diego so. Villegas is in, as well as Alex Akins, and they generally have played the same position. So Fort Payne's trying to put more players in uh, coverage and uh, got Heisman Brown, Hayden Presley, and Skyler uh, Hillier. So they have pulled, which probably needs some more rest on that ankle. Is um, Okay, so there's a penalty flag. I never even saw that. My goodness. Don't know what that call. They said. I didn't even see a flag there. I heard Steve Chambers next door say sideline interference. I don't know that I've ever heard that call. Sometimes when somebody's on the field, I guess. Anyway, it's second down in 20, uh, Pell City at their own 10-yard line. Scottsboro now leads Southside 21 to 18 in the third quarter. Smith looking to his right, maybe changing up the play. Throws a little wide receiver screen out right, and there's just nothing there. I like Tried this. To, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I like this three-man front there that Coach Prater's, you know, put in the game here. I mean, Pell City's pass heavy already, you know, and being down, uh, you know, four touchdowns here. They're going to be passing the ball, obviously, and um, definitely I think going to make it difficult on them dropping another guy back. Yeah. Um, in those passing lanes. Nice being up 37 to 14, giving Daryl Prater some more rest on that, that high ankle sprain too. So it's third down and 20. Pale City at their own 10-yard line. Smith in shotgun formation. He drops back. Mm. Diego Gallegos is behind him. Oh, he had him, in the, had him in the grass but couldn't bring him down. Then he hits him now. Is that a fumble? They call it – they call it – what are they calling? They got a flag and a beanbag. Fort Payne's got a player down back there in the end zone. I can't tell who that is. Okay, let's – I don't know – I couldn't tell if his hand was going forward. The official on this side threw a beanbag, which is supposed to mean a fumble. I couldn't tell from his motion if it was a forward pass. Devin Wells injured on the play. But then the the head official threw a flag, so we got all kind of stuff going yeah, on who here. Knows. Got our, our own little soap opera out there. They're calling it an incomplete pass. But I don't know why he threw a beanbag if he's calling it an incomplete pass. And he's waving the flag off. Disregard the flag. Okay. Apparently an incomplete pass. It looked like maybe he was calling for – how do you call – he signaled or that it was tipped, corner. which usually you put that in when it's an interference call. But how do you call an interference when you're the – Head official in the backfield. Okay. All right. Good news is it's fourth and 20. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> so it's fourth down. Pell City will punt. Let's see if we get another good uh, little snap over the head. Nope, not this time. Here comes Bennett. He's trying to block it. It's a low spiral. Lands at the 37-yard line and just stops right there. So Fort Payne's going to be set up in great field position. Inside Pale City Territory. Let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Tracy's Florists and Gifts. Do some early Christmas shopping with Tracy's personalized printing and gifts, gourmet baskets, fuzzy socks. Who doesn't like fuzzy socks? And other stocking stuffer items. Don't forget their Alabama and Auburn party wear located on Galt Avenue in North Fort Payne. You're hearing this live 
on FPTV. Brent, I, uh, Brent I'm going to get you some fuzzy socks I need from some Tracy's Florissant Gifts for Christmas. How about that? You like I may that? need those next weekend. <laughs> That's right. Supposed to get a front through tonight. Four pain, first and ten. Dubos in. Here he goes. Five, ten, fifteen. He's taking tacklers down inside the 20-yard line. Caden Dubos is back, baby. He is back, and he is running like a horse. First and 10, Fort Payne. Inside, right at Pell City 20-yard line. Nine minutes left in the third quarter. Fort Payne leads. Hey, girls. Oh, I missed the play. There's a flag on the play. Sorry, I was looking at my daughter down in front of me. And uh, Fort Payne picks up about five yards on first down, but there's a flag on the play. It's holding. So holding will bring that ball back to about a first and 20. As I mentioned earlier, Southside has cut into the Scottsboro lead 21 to, 14, or 21 to 18 now. Oxford at the half was taking control of the game against Springville, which was mentioned before, will set up for second place next week at Oxford. Fort Payne travels to Oxford next week, and if all things hold here tonight and there, there, down there tonight, it'll be for second place in the region. That should be a really good game, guys. That I should be so. a really good game. First and 10, Fort Payne at the Pell City 34-yard line. Barnes looks over the middle, hits Marcus Ledford, picks up about 15 yards. He's now down. It'll be second down and about eight after the penalty before that. Nice pickup on that little seam route to Marcus Ledford. Pretty big thing tonight. I may be wrong, but I think that's the fourth time we've had the ball in their territory starting yeah. out on our jobs. Yeah. I mean, credit that to the defense there and, you know, keeping them on, on their side of the field. But that's a big help when you get the ball on the other side of the 50-yard line. It is. Going under eight minutes left in the third quarter, Alex Aikens in, takes the ball up the middle. He's pounding forward for about four or five yards. A little extracurricular between uh, Eli Frazier and number 11 for Pell City, Andrew Sisson. I didn't really see what was going on there, but uh, Sisson didn't really like that. <laughs> hey, if you're moving the ball, then whatever. That's right. Just move the ball. That's got to be frustrating. I'm going to tell you what, there's some talent on that Pell City sideline. It's amazing. They're not. Their record's not any better. They've got some pretty big ball players there. Third and five for Fort Payne. Barnes drops back, looks over the middle of the field. There's Sawyer Burt. Oh, just overthrew him to his back shoulder. Almost intercepted by Pell City. It's going to be fourth down. Sawyer looked a little bit surprised to get that. I was about to say, I don't know if Jake might have threw that ball a little earlier than Burt was thinking because he wasn't even really looking yeah, Jake's way on that. Like Marcus and Sawyer, their routes were obviously close together, so it could cause some, some confusion. Yeah. Alex McPherson in to attempt a 32-yard field goal. There's the hold by Varnador. The kick is up, and it's away. Oh, did he pull it? He pulled it to the left. Kick is no good. So with 7.07 left in the third quarter, Pell City will take over. At the 20-yard line. Let me mention another one of our sponsors. They're here tonight, Dan and Marie Patterson. Patterson's Music and Jewelry. You can lay away for Christmas right now. For you music lovers, Kemp, Kepma, Alvarez, and PV Guitars. 
sound equipment and accessories. Check out their beautiful selection of jewelry or have yours clean. Danny Marie can also service your watch. Change out the battery or have it repaired. Located in historic downtown Fort Payne, you're hearing this live on FPTV. That's Patterson's Music and Jewelry. Pale City takes over, 7.07 lift in the third quarter. Throws a little slant route, incomplete. They're not, they're not as crisp as they were in the first half now. Having a tough time getting in any rhythm now. It's the most cushion I've seen us give them in quite some time right there. We're yeah. you know, eight yards or so off of those that receiver split off down here. Yeah. Fort Payne has gone to a nickel or maybe even a dime package now. Yeah, that's more of a dime. They've got all kind of their throws in the flats to the back, out of the back of the backfield. Gets about three yards and run out of bounds. Fort Payne's just kind of playing a semi-prevent defense, would you call it? Extra defensive backs. We should call that the cat package. The cat, is that cat what it's called? Package. Okay, maybe they still call it that. So they're running, they're running a cover two, and it looks like the corners are playing a real soft, almost like a cover four. Of course, that's a little bit of football lingo. Just means the corners are playing a real soft coverage. And then you've got two outside backers that are covering the slot receivers. Real soft. Pale City throws out into the flats. Big cushion by Hayden Harrell, and uh, he picks up the first down. So Pale City picks up the first down out to the 33-yard line. But I think it looks like Fort Payne's going to be content just to kind of keep everything in front of them. Heisman Brown trying to run off the field. I don't think he's going to make it. He doesn't. That's going to be 12 players on the field. Seth Williams comes up and just hammers the running back out of the backfield. But that's going to be a five-yard penalty against Fort Payne for too many men on the field. Couldn't get Heisman. Um, Caden, um, oh, come on, Brian. My, my brain leaves me. Caden Kilgore, good Lord, you know the Kilgores. Runs on the field, tries to get Heisman Brown off. He doesn't make it, so there's 12 players on the field for Fort Payne. It'll be a five-yard penalty. It'll be first and five, Pell City at their own 38-yard line. 6.41 left in the third quarter. They come with tri trips receivers to this near side, single receiver on the top side. Smith in shotgun formation. Smith takes the snap, drops back. He's looking to this left side, nothing there. He's going to try to run. He picks up a first down out near midfield. It'll be a first down, Pell City there. It seems as though Fort Payne is just trying to not give up the big play, which I, I can't say I blame him because that's really all that Pell City hurt him with in the first half. I think that's the first time we've seen that quarterback run. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. He scrambled, but he always able to find uh, Borden in the midst of that scrambling. Smith drops back. Throws to the receiver, to the running back in the flats. He slips down and is going to lose two yards on that play. All right, we're getting a little bit of a uh, little chippy. Getting a little chippy out there, a little testy between Fort Payne. Why are those lines? Did they have a screen set up? I, I want to say they had something going. A lot of the defensive linemen were pretty free through there. Well, he threw to the right side, but yeah, these two offensive linemen down are down over here. Makes me think they threw the wrong side of the field or somebody went the wrong way. 
There's a personal foul and an ejection. So uh, something happened there with the offensive line. I was watching the running back out of the backfield, so I missed what was going on here. But evidently, a Pell City offensive lineman uh, had a little rough play with one of our defensive backs, and number 75 has now been ejected from the ball game. Looks like Caden Alderidge, 6'1", 325-pound lineman, out of the game. He's gone. I could leave a little hole. Man, you're one and six. You're down 37 to 14. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to know what's going on in those conversations <laughs> over there. I'm, I'm glad we're on our side of the field having these conversations because, man, that's got to be frustrating. It's got to be frustrating because you, you see talent out there. Definitely have you athletes. See, you see potential. Um, Coach Elmore was telling me that um, – Somebody he talked to a couple weeks ago, maybe Springville's coach from before this year, and uh, made the comment that Fort Payne is probably the best coach team in the region when you just go position by position with the guys, know where to be, know what's expected of them. They can do what's expected of them. And you see that weekend, and there's no reason why this offensive line could not block our defensive line, just from a size standpoint and probably a strength standpoint. But we give teams fits from a defensive standpoint, and uh, you can't do anything but credit the coaches for being able to do that. So Smith drops back on a first and 25, runs to the sideline, trying to look for somebody, throws short to the running back, and it is incomplete. It's going to be second down in 2027 20, now. Pell City really, really not able to get in any kind of rhythm right now. Hadn't hear, heard from Borden much at all this second half. He has been quiet. Six minutes left in the third quarter. Four pain leads, 37 to 14. Second and 27, Smith drops back, looking right side, getting a little bit of pressure, throws short, picks up about seven yards on the catch. It's going to be third down and about 20 for Pell City. Like you said earlier, a lot of knots, Fort Payne may be out athlete or even, you know, outsized, but uh, credit all their coaches for, you know, having them ready and them pl- playing, taking care of the game plan. and Right. Yeah. Uh, having a little heart. Well, it doesn't – you don't have to know a lot about football to be able to see when somebody's where you need them to be. When people are making reads off of their keys and making – here comes the pressure from Devin Wells. They try to run a screen pass. And then uh, Alex Akins and Silas Halmer make a play on that running back. They had somewhat of the screen set up, but then Fort Payne's defense in pursuit. No gain for Pell City. It's going to be fourth down and 20, or fourth down and, yeah, 20. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to punt. I kind of started noticing on this drive a little bit here. seems like the, the wind's really out of Pell City right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. half of them act like they really don't want to be here anymore, it seems like. It's tough. That's tough. Uh-oh. No signal on that TV. Did everything go out? I can hear me. I don't know if uh, somebody unplugged the Wi-Fi. Ah, oh, God. They're going to get us for rough on the punter there. Yeah. Devin, I mean, uh, Will Green tried to go block the punt, which I'm not really sure why we need to block that. We're up 23 points. 
He called, which is very fortunate there. He called running into the kicker. I was going to say it was a, 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 a weak, uh, you know. Yeah. Fall on the kicker's part there. So they're only going to give him a five-yard penalty, which just means they got to line up and kick it again. So uh, I think we're still on WZOB, but I, I think we may have lost Wi-Fi here. I'm with you on that one. Kind of up like this, you kind of just got to let that one yeah. go and yeah, take I, the ball wherever. I, I just, I, you know, that's hard to do going full speed at the point. Yeah, I know when, exactly. when you're when you're a football player and you see a chance to make a football play, it's hard to turn that switch off. And that's it? right. Okay. Saw a blue screen up here, and I thought we may have gone off FPTV, but I think everybody said we're okay on everything. So, you think at some point we uh, see a little bit of Dax? Yeah, I would. Tonight, I would or? expect up twenty-three. I, I don't know what the rule of thumb is on that. It's really different for different people. I would. I would think the starters will probably go ahead and finish out the third quarter. They're going to add the five yards at the end of the run. While they're doing all that and getting everything set up, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Not Your Mama's Deli. It's now open for lunch uh, at 11.30, Wednesday through Saturday. People rave about their Reuben, BLT, Philly cheese, and chicken salad sandwiches. Fire brick oven pizza and more. Made with only fresh ingredients. Live musical entertainment on Fridays and Saturdays till 2 a.m. Great idea for after the game. You're hearing this live on FPTV. That is not your mama's deli in downtown Fort Payne. So Fort Payne starts first and 10 from their own 30-yard lines. Barnes under center. Dubose in the backfield behind him. Gives to Dubose left side. He gets to that corner again. Picks up five. Picks up eight. Maybe nine yards. Be second and one Fort Payne at the 41-yard line. I think every time we've got him you know, on one of those little outside runs there. I mean, he, offensive line's done a really good job of reaching those guys and keeping them on the inside. Yeah. This is where you really got a, a great opportunity. I know Coach Elmore and the staff knows this, to, to really hone your craft. Even though the game's getting out of reach, still no reason to stop pursuing excellence in everything that you're doing, trying to get your blocks, trying to get your reads. Staying focused on what you're doing. Barnes drops back. He's looking over the middle field. There's Sawyer Burt. Catches it at the 35-yard line. Breaks a tackle. He's dragging players. He's down to the 25-yard line. Make, oh, no, don't fumble the ball, Sawyer. I, I think he was down there. Okay. Sawyer Burt trying to make him hurt. Down to the 25-yard line. First and 10, Fort Payne. About to go under four minutes left in the, fourth, in the third quarter. Golly, this game is dragging. I thought we were in the fourth quarter. We're in the third. Sawyer, I think, is two for two tonight on big plays. Had, had. He's, he's a big fella now, and he's an incredible mismatch. First and ten, Fort Payne give to Dubos off, Dubos off right side. He picks up five. He picks up ten. Another first down, down to the 12-yard line. First and ten, Fort Payne there. Fort Payne really taking control of this game now. I'm, I'm thinking one more touchdown and we start seeing some of the replacements here. I think you could be right with that. May even see Britt go down there a little bit and run a couple of plays. <laughs> you still got you still got 14 option, 13 option, 15. You'll never forget those. <laughs> Coach Sanford giving you the read. Be pretty. Coach Sanford giving you the read on that line strip. You remember doing those, Britt? Oh, yeah. 
Barnes takes the hand, uh, gives the handoff to Dubos. He's left side touchdown. Touchdown, Caden Dubos. 319 left in the third quarter. Paint scores another touchdown. They had uh, Ledford kind of as a, a fullback walking there. And he, he went through the hole just looking for nobody. There wasn't anybody there for him to even pick yeah. up. The yeah. offensive line just cleared it out. So Fort Payne is taking control of this game. Three minutes and 19 seconds left in the third quarter. 43 to 14 with the point after to come. Didn't look, hasn't, haven't looked as crisp as they did last week for three quarters against Southside, but still taking a commanding lead. Varnador had a little bit of problem with the snap, but gets it down. McPherson gets the kick up and it is good. So with 319 left in the third quarter, Fort Payne leads. 44 to 14 over Pell City. Let's take a 30-second break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. Here at Donahue Chevrolet, we have all the cars you need. Our local staff is always here to assist your needs. Our 2021 vehicles are in stock and we have options for the whole family. We are located at 1000 Green Hill Boulevard Northwest in Fort Payne. Donahue Chevrolet is a proud supporter of the Fort Payne Wildcats. Three minutes, 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Fort Payne leads by 30. Alex McPherson to kick. It is deep, and I don't think it's playable. Out of the back of the end zone, Pell City will start at the 20-yard line. So let's see if Fort Payne begins. Not on defense yet. They're going to play their ones right now. Try to make sure that the Pell City doesn't do any quick striking. I think... <laughs> Maybe a little bit of gun shy after last week against uh, um, Southside. You know, Fort Payne was up 24 then, up 30 now. So they are sprinkling in a few guys. Patrick Sherrill in there to play at corner, getting him a couple reps. Caden Kilgore in. Running back for Pell City picks up about three yards. Dante Reese on the carry. Dante Reese. Defense has done a great job tonight on shutting that run down. Yep. Seeing a couple of the, of the twos for Fort Payne in, so I'm going to have to pull out my roster now because there's a lot of these that I'm going to have to have some help on. So Fort Payne is sprinkling in some twos here. Smith drops back looking for somebody. He's not going to get anybody. He's going to be sacked by Caden Kilgore. Nice play by Caden. On a second down pass play, loss of five. It's going to be third down and 12 for Pell City. So we got Caleb Stiefel in at linebacker. We've got uh, Dawson Williams in at linebacker, 45 and 13. So Devin Wells and Will Green may be finished for the night. Patrick Sherrill, as I mentioned earlier, is in at cornerback for Seth Williams. So Fort Payne trying to sprinkle in a few of those twos. Getting those guys some action. Smith drops back, looks for a screen out of the backfield. Silas Hallmer misses the tackle. Dawson Williams on the tackle. Picks up about, he's getting close to a Pell City first down. Depends on where they spot it. May, you know, it's about a yard short. Maybe half a yard short. It's pretty good when you can get a sack with our 
rushing three down linemen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're getting a lot of pressure. You, you do sense that Pell City just kind of the life's out of them right now. They're not, they're not as excited out there as they were in the first half. And you really haven't seen anything out of Borden. I know. And maybe, you know, you, I don't know, maybe that's the one in seven there or the one in six. They give them the first down. It's first and ten, Pell City. Smith drops back, looks for that screen on this side. There's nothing there. Fourpain had to cover it up. He has to run, tries to throw it away, and it's going to be called an incomplete pass. It'll be second down. So Fourpain really pursued that screen well. I was about to say, it looked like they were going to run a screen over to this side, and Heisman Brown was just standing right in front of that uh, back there, and he had no decision but to scurry yeah. out to the right side there. Couldn't, couldn't do anything with it. So it's going to be second down and ten really good when you can see your guys see plays develop know where they're going and then go make plays there second down and 10 south i mean Pell City, i keep wanting to call him south side stiefel on a blitz there gets to the quarterback and brings him down so we got a sack by uh, caleb stiefel on that play linebacker brings up a third down in uh 20 for Pell city Nice play by Caleb Stiefel, getting these guys some good reps for these twos. Good experience, game experience for these guys to understand how this game works. We're going under a minute left in the third quarter. Four paint up by 30. Don't forget tonight to listen to the American Crawl Space LLC scoreboard show with Chris and Gina Dura. Smith drops back, throws it deep, but he throws it out of bounds, incomplete. It'll be fourth down and 20, and uh, Pell City will probably punt. So tonight from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock on WZOB, 100.9 FM, 1250 AM, Chris and Gina Dura, good friends of mine, are going to host the American Cross Space LLC scoreboard report. Call in. They're going to have Reese, Will, uh, Reese, Will, Reese Colburn, Roman's boy, and Jennifer's boy. will be on there with them tonight looking at scores throughout the region and throughout the state. So call those guys up, 10 to 11 o'clock tonight on WZOB. Brandon Oliver back at midfield from punt to return the punt from Jake Blackstone. There's the snap. Kick is away. It's a short, wobbly kick. Oliver takes the fair catch at the 50-yard line. I think that's going to make five times we've had it 50 or better. <laughs> they haven't. We haven't been on this side of the field this whole quarter, have we? We have not. <clears throat> that's as close as it's been right there is midfield. So here we go. It looks like the two's in. No, the, the one offensive line looks mostly there. But here comes the ninth grader, Dax Varnador, at quarterback. Coach Eric Varnador's son. And, and Jake Barnes is done for the evening. Dax takes the snap, gives to Skyler Cody right side. He bounces it, picks up five, six, seven yards on first down. That looked very eerily just like Jake Barnes and Caden Dubos right there. A lot like it. So the number one offensive line stays in the game. Almost all, I think all the skill guys are twos. Uh, Marcus Ledford's still in there. Braden Wooten, Skylar Cody, Brandon Oliver. Fort Payne's going to let the clock run out on the third quarter. So going to the fourth quarter, Fort Payne leads 44-14. to 14. Let's take a 30-second break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football.
Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969 with locations in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. We offer fast, friendly, and easy service along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. We understand that banking can be stressful and we want to give you the help that you need, just like family. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking, equal housing lender, member FDIC. All right, we just hear Geraldine beat five. Somebody just came up here and said Geraldine beat five. That'd be snap. That would be what something. fifty-six game win streak. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> that would be uh, that'd wow. be big news. I'm gonna double check. I need to do some digging on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll dig around. Is that right? Yes. That it did. <laughs> wow. Wow. Twenty to nineteen. Wow. What's what we're hearing up here from folks is. Geraldine beat five tonight. What was their uh, 56, 56 games, I think, in a row? Well, that, that was the record. National record, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I thought they were, the no, they were short. No, they were short. They were short. They were short. Were they? Okay. The state record they have. Um, but they, the had, they were holding the longest in the country. Yeah, in the country. Games. Was, yeah. They didn't break the record. Second, though. Yeah, right. So uh, that brings uh, kind of a mixed reaction from the crowd who just announced on the PA here in the stadium that, Geraldine has beat 520-19. I think the record was 56, and, Ger and four, five was at about um, 52. There's a pass completion from Barnador to Braden Wooten for about five yards. Nice nice pass there. We've commented before, and I've seen Dax. He's, he spins the ball really nice, particularly for a ninth grader. And he's put a lot of weight on in this offseason. So it's first and 10, Fort Payne. Barnador comes to the sideline to get the play from Coach Elmore. Really nice. You got Jake as a junior. Dax is a ninth grader. You have to feel good. Yes. Blake Griggs is a good eighth grade quarterback. I yeah. don't know if you've seen him play, but Tyler's boy is a good eighth grade quarterback too. Dax takes the snap, gives it to Skylar Coley up the middle. He's going to pick up about five yards on first down. He's going to be a good one. That's a tenth grader. Putting his head down and yeah. running the ball up through there. So, um, trying him at running back, you never know. He can play really any position on the field. Here comes Marcus Ledford. He comes out of the game. Replaced by number 80. Help me out here, guys. Who's 80? Connor Kinsley in. So, Fort Payne still with the one offensive line in, but bringing in some of the twos. Well, all twos at skill position. Carter Tinker in there. Skylar Cody. Connor Kinsley. Brandon Oliver. Here they go. Barnador gives to Cody up the middle. He gets hit in the backfield. He's going to lose a yard. It'll be third down and six. Kind of got ran into his own man there. Yeah. Hit his own guy. He's kind of got knocked off his path and tripped up there. Yep. It's showing five. Geraldine 20, 519. So it's third down and six, Fort Payne. Just about to go under 10 minutes left in the ball game, leading 44 to 14. Barnador in shotgun. He's got twins top side, twins bottom side. Takes the snap, looks right side. Completes it to uh, Braden Wooten. That's going to be another Fort Payne first down. Just a little hitch pattern, but still got to catch it and throw it. Good looking ball. Yeah, right on a rope. He, he gets it out of his hands quickly. 
So in the fourth quarter, now listen to this. Oxford's 26, Springville 17. Springville scoring two touchdowns in the third quarter and fourth quarter to make it a little bit tighter ball game than it was. So 26 to 17, Oxford leads Springville in the fourth. So we'll see what that score ends up being by the end of the game. Barnador hands off to Cody, left side, looking for running room, finds a gap, finds a seam. Oh. He hits the 10, 5, touchdown, Fort Payne, Skylar Cody, left side. A little bobbled handoff there, but yeah. you can tell Skylar Cody's got that little special something right there. Uh, get him the ball and he can make a play. Yeah, ton the, of speed. The, the play slowly developed, but then he saw that hole and shot that gap, buddy, it was, it was off to the races. It's a 20-yard touchdown run by Skylar Cody with nine minutes left in the ball game. Now they're going to try Connor Hughes in for a field goal attempt. Give him some opportunity to play. Let's see what we can do here. Low snap. Kick is up, and the kick is good. Connor Hughes kicks the extra point to give Fort Payne the 51-14 to lead. Nine minutes, one second left in the ball game. Fort Payne leads. Um, let's take a 30-second break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. Alex McPherson to kick. High, deep kick in the back of the end zone for a touchback. So Scottsboro still leads Southside 21 to 18. Not sure that that's gonna have a huge impact on the region. Southside was likely to be the four seed anyway. If they lose that game, that may bring Springville into play. That would be, uh, would that be Southside's third loss of the region? Yep. Yeah, Southside would then go to three and three. Springville would also be, well, they'd be two and three. They'd have another game left. Smith hands up the middle. Not much gain there on first down. Looks Maybe like four yards. We've got about all the ones out now, don't we, yep. on defense there. So it's wholesale change now. All twos in for Fort Payne on defense. Uh, see Diego Gallegas, Patrick Sherrill, Cole Blaylock, um, Bra uh, Brax Goza, Caden Kilgore, Dawson Williams, Will Patton in there, run up the middle, picks up about three or four yards. Going to be uh, – he's closed. I think he got a first down. Watching that last drive, though, he's got a bright future for Fort Payne. I mean, mostly all ninth and tenth graders in yeah. right there. And yeah. We've got a decent amount of, of underclassmen in the starting lineup, too. There's Exactly. Yeah. We're not heavy, heavy senior on offense or defense. There's enough there to sprinkle in with some of these younger kids to be – uh, a bright future. Handoff, right side. Running back Deontay Reese spins out of that and picks up about six yards. You know, if I'm not mistaken, Marcus Ledford's only a few months older than uh, actually than Bonador. 
Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah he is yeah, younger. Yeah. He's, he's only a few months older than. Okay. Well, he's an 11th grader, so I guess. Okay, I was thinking he was a sophomore. Marcus Ledford? I think he is a junior. Yeah, he's a junior. Okay. So you've got Ledford, you've got Aikens. Yeah. No, Aikens, is Aikens a senior? Yeah, Aikens is. No, a he's a junior. Oh, is he? Jake Barnes a junior. Um, That's a good class. Yeah. You've got Cash, Burt, Adame are seniors. I think um, two offensive linemen are juniors. Eli Frazier's a senior. Laney's a junior. Laney's a junior. So there's there's a good a good mix. You're not just losing everybody for next year. So that's what we get to look at. That's got to be a hold there. My goodness, he spun. He spun Caden uh, Kilgore around like he was at the homecoming dance. I thought he was going to give him a dip in that dance. Picks up a first down for Pell City. Under six minutes left in the ball game. Four Payne leads 51 to 14. Trying to get uh, some more of these scores in just to see how everything's wrapping up in the region tonight. Bobbled handoff. Still picks up five yards on first down. Fort Payne trying to gang tackle there. It's kind of odd to see they're, you know, way behind in this ball game. They went to running the ball now instead of trying to throw the ball more when yeah. they were, you know. Yeah. Maybe they're just wanting well, to get out of here. They've got their twos. Well, a lot yeah. of their twos yeah. in. I think they're probably right. I think they're just trying to get this game over with. <clears throat> Second down and five. Pell City nearing midfield. If they cross midfield, it'll be the first time they did it this half. There's a snap, handoff. Running back gets hit the backfield. Did he fumble? He fumbled the ball. They threw a beanbag here, so that indicates a fumble. I think Fort Payne got it. They did. Fort Payne recovers a fumble at the 46-yard line of Pell City. and will take over there. Nice job by the defense. So to this point in this second half, Pell City has yet to cross the 50-yard line. Looking back to you, I mean, you give a lot of credit to Kobe King, Harold, Seth Williams, some of those guys. The first couple series, Pell City threw the ball on us. They settled in, figured some things out, maybe tightened their cushion in a little bit on them, and really they've had no success since about the second or third drive of this, this ball game. Yeah. Looks like Southside has taken the lead on Scottsboro, 26-21. 43 in it running back for Fort Payne, Taylor Shaparo. Remember, he came in. Oh, there goes running. Carter Tinker's got the ball. He's inside the 20, goes out of bounds. No, not inside the 20. At the 23-yard line, Carter Tinker on a pass from Dax Varnador. I was saying before that play, uh, you remember when Taylor Shaparo came in? Was It It was when um, Dubos was down. It was, the, it was the cramp week. Dubos went out with cramps. Daryl Prater went out with cramps. Aikens went down. Aikens was out with cramps. And I think this is the first action since then that Shaparro's been in the game. First and 10, Fort Payne on the Pell City 23-yard line. They give it to Shaparro. He's hit at the line of scrimmage for no gain. It's like that two offensive lines in there now for Fort Payne. Great opportunity to get some tape on these guys and see what they can do. Fort Payne, all starters are pulled. Well, guys, as we're clicking this thing down, about to be under three minutes, we could probably start having the conversation next week. Big region matchup against Oxford down there at Oxford for that second spot. Fort Payne's going to have to bring all the weapons 
to bear on that game. Ball given to Shapiro. He's up to 20. He's at the 15, 10. Runs over a tackler down to the five-yard line. Nice run. Had a little Aikens in him there. There you go. Smaller guy, busting it up through there. Taylor Shaparro. He's a freshman. 5'8", 146. Nice run. Four paint at the five-yard line. Two minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. This two offense is threatening to score. And if I'm not mistaken, that looks like mostly their one offense or one defense. Varnador takes a snap, fakes the handoff. He's running left side, trying to get to the pylon. Dax Varnador for the touchdown. Hey, can throw it in, has some wheels. Yeah, right? got a little bit of wheels there. Nice run by Dax Varnador with two minutes left in the ball game. Clock's running, guys, but I don't really care. Let it run. They're not going to stop it. I'm not if they're officially supposed to be doing this, but they're letting that <laughs> clock run, which is fine with me. We're down to 145. We still don't have enough players out there. Eli Frazier's got to come out. He's like, man, coach, I'm starting to get ready for that homecoming dance. <laughs> All the one offensive line has got to be out there for this extra point. And I think they were already over here uh, talking about what they're going to do after the game tonight. There it goes. Andrew Barclay's got to get out there. Four Payne's going to call a timeout. They let the clock run on down to 128 left in this ball game, which I'm totally okay with. Four Payne's going to come out here with a big, big win. That made that drive look pretty easy right there. Yeah. And I think, am I mistaken? That may be some of their twos, but I think they still got some starters in. So it's not too shabby. Both sprinkled in. Connor Hughes in again to attempt an extra point. Here's the snap. There's the hole. There's the kick. It's up, and it is good. Good look. With kick. one minute, 25 seconds, 24. They're letting the clock run again. Four Payne leads, 58 to 14. Let's take a 30-second break. This is Four Payne Wildcat football. Drop by Vintage 1889 Cafe right here in Fort Payne, Alabama. Located in the Big Mill and Tiki. Open 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Wednesday and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Thursday through Saturday. So come on down and enjoy. We have everything from salads to pizza. Enjoy an evening with the entire family at Vintage 1889 Cafe. for Fort Payne out of the back of the end zone. Guys, I don't I, – maybe there's a new rule. I need to ask Coach Elmore this. But they're just letting the clock run. They don't even have to take a snap. I've never, I've never seen that. I've happen. never seen that. With two minutes left in the game, they just let the clock run. Eight, seven, six, five. So there's your ball game. Fort Payne's going to come away victorious. 58-14, to 14, convincing win against Pell City. Setting up a big showdown next week at Oxford. Fort Payne wins 58-14. to We're going to take a two-minute break, get everything set up for our post game. Two-minute break. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. 
Hey folks, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in Fort Payne, Alabama. We're still over here by Walmart uh, doing a big sale and I wanted to invite everybody to come down and let's check out the inventory. We've got some great inventory for you to choose from. Cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. If you want it, we've got it. Shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call at 256-844-2210. Don't you wish there was a locally owned and operated store that supports the community? A store that carries all the best brands in a size that fits with great prices. Fort Payne Footworks is all that and more. They carry brands like Cotopaxi, Brooks, Merrill, Wolverine, On, Hoka, and more. Shop here, shop local. And don't forget to pick up your Kicker U shirt and your favorite Little River hat at Fort Payne Footworks. Fort Payne Footworks, home of the Little River Hat and Clothing Company. Hey folks, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in Fort Payne, Alabama. We're still over here by Walmart uh, doing a big sale, and I wanted to invite everybody to come down and let's check out the inventory. We've got some great inventory for you to choose from. Cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. If you want it, we've got it. We've got a slingshot over there if anybody wants to come by and look at it. Um, we're going to be running all summer long from uh, 8.30 in the morning till probably six, seven o'clock at night. It depends on how long it takes us to do it. But we want to invite everybody to come out here and see us. We're on Highway 35 over here by Walmart. Great inventory to choose from. We've got great finance. And listen, guys, we can't do it without you. We just want to tell you how much we appreciate you. Bobby Ledbetter is always uh, willing to say, get the best deal no matter what. Let's not let them leave without a car. So y'all come down here and see us. You can shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call at 256-844-2210. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969 with locations in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. We offer fast, friendly, and easy service along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. We understand that banking can be stressful and we want to give you the help that you need, just like family. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking, equal housing lender, member FDIC. Hey, I'm Webb Mason. I'm here with the final score update for tonight. Fort Payne wins against Pell City 51 to 14. Sylvania wins against Plainview 49 to 31. Third quarter, Crossville versus Sardis. Sardis leads 44 to 22. Fourth quarter, Geraldine versus Fife. Geraldine leads 20 to 19. Second quarter, Boaz versus Gunnersville. Gunnersville leads 24 to 10. Fourth quarter, Asbury versus Collinsville. Collinsville leads 31 to 6. Fourth quarter, Springville versus Oxford. Oxford leads 26 to 17. Fourth quarter, North Sand Mountain versus Whitesburg Christian. North Sun Mountain leads 39 to 6. Fourth quarter, Gadsden versus Locust Fort. Locust Fort leads 53 to 19. Third quarter, Otter versus Folkville. Otter leads 14 to 0. Fourth quarter, Scott Scottsboro versus Southside. Southside leads 26. Fourth quarter, Valley Head versus Coosa Christian. Coosa Christian leads 21 to 14. Fourth quarter, Etowah versus Lipskin. Lipskin leads 70 to 10. That's all the score updates for tonight. Thank you. We'll send it back up to the press box.
So, all right, here we go. I'm back. I'm back. Got it. Southside has overtaken Scottsboro 26 to 21, as we mentioned earlier. Big upset in the in the county. Geraldine defeats 520 to 19. Uh, you'll hear other scores like that with Chris and Gina Dura at the um, American Crawl Space LLC scoreboard report. Let me go ahead and thank our sponsors as Coach Elmore is wrapping up his time with the uh, team. Uh, Aikens Furniture, these are our sponsors, our football sponsors, Aikens Furniture, Convenient Wash, Rufus Garage and Transmission, Pure Clean Restoration Services, Thurman's Appliance Parts and Service, The Cab Wholesale, R&D Flooring, My Supply, Westmoreland Tire, Beacon Insulation, Builder's Supply, Cole Surgical Arts, First Fidelity Bank, North Alabama Trophies, Twin City Auto, Bruce's Foodland, Tracy's Florist and Gifts, Patterson's Music and Jewelry, American Crawl Space LLC, Not Your Mama's Deli, and Catherine's Gallery and Custom Framing LLC. So, Fort Payne saying their prayer. We're going to speak with Coach Elmore. Any final thoughts, guys, as we're getting ready for this big matchup next weekend? I think the big difference tonight was just Fort Payne's pursuit, you know, in, in, in that first half uh, defensively. Um, stopping the ball and it kind of it, it put a damper on everything that uh, Pell City was trying to do and I think they Dallas and I talked about that during the break seems like they gave up a little bit in the third and fourth quarter or the second half in general yeah uh, so a, a good job by Fort Payne that's something you can't coach that 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 front end you know you can't coach fire and that's what they had we had a lot of pursuit tonight just good play by the Wildcats yeah, yeah but both sides of the ball the offensive and defensive line did really good and I couldn't think of a better way to go into a big region game next week with the momentum like we got tonight, so I'm looking forward to it. I yeah. think it's safe to say, too, probably the most yards we've had on the ground. I, oh, I yeah. don't know. No a doubt. run yards. Yep. All right, Coach Elmore is approaching our crew down there. We'll speak to him in just a second. He's putting the headset on. All right, let's test this thing out. Coach, can you hear us? Uh, yes, I got All you. right. Well, there were times it didn't look very pretty, but ultimately you kind of overpowered them there. Um, what are your thoughts as we set up next week against Oxford? Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, we, made, we made probably more mistakes tonight than we have been making. Um, 
uh, you know, f uh, f turned the ball over down the one was, was disappointing. And, and some other things we did, gave up a few too many big plays in the first half defensively, uh, too many penalties, uh, you know, had a couple of rough in the passers and things like that. Uh, but I think, it, like I said, they, they were having to play a lot of guys both ways, and they got some guys hurt again tonight. And uh, like you said, I thought we kind of overpowered them in the second half and uh, uh, dominated, the, the, really dominated, I guess, from the midpoint of the second quarter on. Uh, so proud of that. And again, I mean, the fact that we were 0 and 3 and now we're 5 and 3 and got an opportunity uh, next week to, to, to play for a home playoff game or a home playoff spot uh, is a credit to our players and our coaches. So yeah. just proud of, proud of our guys for, for getting themselves back in this opportunity. Yeah. Uh, we had thought, we were talking up here in the booth, we thought Caden Dubos was back. He looked a lot back tonight. Yeah, I think he's back for sure. He, we, we challenged him all week about finishing runs and running behind his pads and, and not uh, not kind of finishing straight up. And uh, I thought he did a great job of that. And really, I guess the only mistake he had was the, the turnover down there. And I, I think Jake took blame for that. Might have been a little bit of Jake, a little bit of him. But uh, uh, other than that, I thought he played tremendous. And Alex Aikens played tremendous again, too. And we've got a nice one-two punch going there with those guys. And uh, and Jake continues to make some some plays in the throw game he, 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 we missed a couple of things but uh, uh, but we're getting more and more confident to, to throw things down the field and take some uh, shots and I think that's uh, uh, it's the key to being able to sustain some balances and not let people just load everybody up to try to stop Dubos and Akins. yeah well uh, you've taken every step that you've needed to take to this point and then next week looks like a really big showdown for that number two spot uh, any thoughts about Oxford I know it's real early well, that's just what I told them. I mean, life's about opportunity, and uh, they've they've created themselves an opportunity now. And um, you know, nobody thought six weeks ago we'd be in this this situation, uh, but we are. A credit to our players, and and now uh, you got to when you get opportunities in life, you got to make the most of them. And that's going to be the challenge to them all week is to have the best week we've ever had, practice and, and prepare and study and, and know what our opponent and uh, and go down there and not worry about where we are or who we're playing and go down there and play the best we can play. And and uh, we believe if we do that, we're going to have a chance to win. Yep, going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to it. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Go Cats. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us. Um, you guys got anything else you want to chime in about before we break up? Fun game. It was. It. Yep. Big win by Fort Payne, 58-14 to over Pell City. A great opportunity next week against Oxford to uh, get in position to host a first-round playoff game with that number two seed. Uh, we're going to break everything down here. want to thank everybody from FPTV, Steve, and all of his students want to thank everybody from WZOB, Holly, Jamie, Steve, the WZOB Steve, not the FPTV Steve. Thank all you guys for all that you've done. We're glad that you joined us tonight. Big win for Fort Payne. Hopefully we can go down to Oxford next week and bring home a second place in the region and host a first-round playoff game. We thank you guys for your time tonight. This is Fort Payne Wildcat football. <laughs>